Eleven O'Clock Comics, Episode 63! Was that Batman? <laughs> concept, dude, it's concept. Just follow, follow my lead a little bit. Yeah, did you like the tinkling ice cubes in the beginning of the last episode? I left those in on purpose. Did, did you hear them? I would like it a lot more if you actually had ice cubes. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's luck with that. What in the I, I, frog hat? Would it kill you to play some frog hat? Yes, it would, it would very much kill me. But uh, I do have, I do own some ice cubes. I'm not kidding. Is there one called Death Sentence? Death certificate. Death certificate. That's the one I own. Nice. I'm not kidding you. Yeah, and I, I did enjoy it when I bought it. So hey, welcome to 11 O'Clock Comics. I am Vince B, and I am sitting here wearing a t-shirt with Syndrome and Mr. Incredible on it. Nice. Yes, and it's orange. It's orange. All right, Tennessee Vols. That's right. I, I, I'm Christopher Neesman, and I am wearing a Red Lantern shirt. Can, can we make it three? No. No, we can't, because I'm not oh. wearing anything. I'm David Price, and uh, I'm wearing my cat. I'm Jason Wood, and I'm wearing a specially tailored um, silk 300, shirt 300 with, with the gold cufflinks and shit. With the yeah, I'm I'm doing it. I'm not Jason Wood. He is. Go ahead. No, I'm not Jason Wood. I'm Tommy Arishikaje, and I'm wearing my traditional ninja gear. <laughs> ninja? You're not a ninja, and you're not Tommy. You're Jason Wood. We all What's together up, again. Ages, the the forever hereby known light voiced Jason Wood. Yes, frail. He's frail. Yeah, frail. Frail. <laughs> frail. Not as soothing he's, as our other two co-hosts. He's no, tender. Not by a long I, shot. And I've been called many things, but never frail. At that. <laughs> as usual, I'm going to get it right this time. This episode of 11 O'Clock Comics is brought to you by DCBS. That's Discount Comic Book Service. Are you sick and ding-dong tired of paying full price for your comics? Two ninety nine, three ninety nine, and more. Well, you don't have to. I'm proud to tell you, you don't have to. There's a solution, and it's called discount. Can you tell I'm reading this from <laughs> from my notes? I'm trying to, dude. Keep going. I'm and it's called Discount okay. Comic Book Service. DCBService.com. That's right, where you'll find all your favorite titles at massive Metroplexian discounts of thirty five, forty, and even fifty to seventy five percent off. It's true. It is true. Securely bagged and packed and shipped to your home at the frequency you desire, hand-delivered to your door by uniform custodian of the United Parcel Service. It's the way to go, people. DCBService.com. They're beautiful. Come on. That, that was, was spectacular. That was my dog. She's always on guard for a good deal. <laughs> did, was, did, you, did you hear, George? And sorry about that. It's okay. Wumba discounts, which means hey. really, really big. Hey, Chris, mm-hmm. uh, when, when I stay at your place, am I going to wake up to uh, your dog licking my balls or something like that? Or is, am I going to have a uh, might, might not be licking them. 
she is, a pit, she is she is a pit bull after all. I know. That's I'm a little worried. If your dog <laughs> licks balls, to... I'm gonna sleep over. <laughs> <laughs> Not that weekend, you won't be. No, no, no. Uh, no. Uh, what weekend are we talking about? <laughs> what what's going on that weekend? What's going? What, what are we talking about? A little something called Windy City Comic Con. Oh, that little thing. Completely you know, forgot about that. Actually, um, oh, uh, David, you are a fan of the Inkers, correct? I've, I've been known to talk about them once or twice. You are, you are, you are an Inker fan. Just, uh, actually, it hasn't even hit the website yet. It will begin of the week. Uh, Christian Alame, who oh. is inking Doug Mankey on all of the, uh, all the Green Lantern stuff and is a pretty outstanding artist in his own right. And Tom Nguyen. Nice. Can I just say, I think it's getting too, you, you're getting too many people to attend now because it's going to be impossible for me to, to speak drink with or get something drawn by every person that's there. We've got two more people to announce on AC this week, so you have to come back on Monday and uh, and, and listen in for that. We've got a, a couple other cool ones. Uh, you're announce. withholding information. See, we got it. Well, we, need you, we need you at peak performance. You can't be for, withholding. It was for request, our listeners. It was, it was, <laughs> sorry, go ahead. No, I was going to say, for our new listeners, AC is Chris's junior little side project. Yes. Yeah. yes for all the many millions of people that listen to us and don't listen to AC. <laughs> yeah. All right. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it's a listening on Monday, and uh, and you'll and you'll understand why whenever we announce it there. So and yeah, and, and anyone that does listen to that other side project, um, we will be back this coming week. Just uh, kind of had a little uh, little uh, snafu in our Another recording. Another hiatus. So. I, no, it's not a hiatus. <laughs> we'll be back. Don't worry. Don't worry. I was in, I was in St. Louis last week, and and we had some some trouble getting stuff uh, all all lined up. But uh, everything will be back this week. So, oh, and speaking of St. Louis, that uh, that will bring me to my drink roll call selection. I tell you what, to mix, I'll I'll go first this week. I never go oh, first. Oh, nice. Um, I went to I went to St. Louis this weekend. It was my uh, my lovely wife's birthday, and so we went uh, went down to St. Louis for the weekend. Check out a Cardinal game and and just hang out in the city. And uh, one of my favorite I don't, I don't even want to call it a microbrewery. It's really just a a, a, a small brewery is called Shafley and they are located in in St. Louis. They uh they actually uh, brand themselves as the second largest brewery in St. Louis. And uh I picked up four di- you guys get that right, second largest brewery in St. Louis. I don't understand. There's this what? other little brewery called Anheuser-Busch. Oh, that's based okay. there. Right, St. Louis. I got you. Sorry. Um damn East Coasters. <laughs> I picked up like four different six packs. I uh, got their uh, summer lager, their Kolsch, their unfiltered wheat, and their pale ale. And I'm having their Kolsch tonight. But uh, yeah, check out Shafley. I think you can find just Google S C H L A F L Y, and uh, it's a really good good brewery there in uh, in St. Louis. Nice. So there you go. Whoever wants to go next. Oh, okay. Uh, well. Chris, just for you, uh, I am taking a one-drink hiatus from my fitness regime for the show. Nice. And so I figured if I was only going to have one drink, it better be good. So I made myself, drumroll please, a Storm Shadow. Yes, folks, it's true. Just like your avatar. <laughs> also known as a Phantom X. Yes, also known as uh, nice. uh, my fucking avatar is not Storm Shadow, people. It's a fucking Phantom <sighs> X. I'm... Anyway, uh, Storm Shadow, if you're wondering what it is, it is uh, dark rum, lime juice, ginger... And brown sugar, basically like a, uh, a rum sour, I guess it would be a more common name for it. Yeah, baby. So ginger, like how, 
Fresh ginger, grated. A little bit of fresh okay, grated okay, ginger. Okay, gra- yeah. grated ginger. Okay. Yep. And delivered cool. to his desktop <laughs> by the uh, manservant, Humphrey. So, Humphrey. <laughs> yes, sir. Would you like another? Uh, <laughs> Mr. B, what are you drinking tonight? Since I don't do anything for anybody but myself, I am not drinking this week. Again, I'm drinking Pepsi Max. Ugh. Love Pepsi Max. Ginseng and double or triple the caffeine? You can't beat it. And right. and did you know that I dropped 20 pounds so far? Good for you. Really? Nice. You betcha. Wow, outstanding. Um, I'm a pig-headed Italian. When I set my mind to something, it gets done. But the wow. prob- problem is getting myself to the point where I want to mm-hmm. set my mind to something. David. Nice. Well, congratulations. David. Thanks. I finished off the lime juice. So, uh, Well, I finished off the lime juice with tonight's. Hemingway Daiquiri, so unless I make it to the supermarket, it'll be something different next week. But this week is the usual Hemingway Daiquiri. Consistency is good. Well, I wanted something. It's the healthiest thing I've pretty much, aside from a bunch, a lot of water I've had today, that this is, you know, the. I figure even though the lime juice is concentrate, there's the grapefruit juice in there, and, and I'm sure rum's healthy, so, you know. Does it make you poop? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> okay. No, thankfully it doesn't. See, he's calling Humphrey for one because he's been bound up lately. Hi, this is Daryl again. I'm saying Daryl because hopefully you'll play it. Um, here's the thing. It's fucking hard to top that Jaws one, all right? I was really pleased with that. And, and uh, oh, the police car just went past. The coppers, the robbers are driving past my car. It's just, uh, you know, and I'm going through some things right now, you know. I've had a humor transplant recently. It wasn't, it wasn't voluntary. I was captured by um, some people, and they've given me a humor transplant, and, uh, and it's just difficult to get, to get that back up and running. But if anyone's got any suggestions, you know, of who you'd like me to be, um, then email or go onto the forums and, 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 uh, and do that. But, um, yeah, the Robert Shaw thing, really hard to, you know, to top that, because it had a soundtrack, right? it had a fucking soundtrack, so God bless you, Vince and John Williams, but it had a soundtrack, maybe I could do something else with the soundtrack, I don't know, uh, maybe a recreation of the Star Wars trilogy using all of the characters from 11 o'clock comics, that could be good, um, or the Godfather trilogy, that would be awesome. I think Chris would make a really good Don Corleone. That would be good. For justice, we came to Christopher Eastman. And then Christopher Eastman, who would be played by Marlon Bell. You come to me on the day of the Windy City Comic Con and you ask me for justice. But you don't ask for respect. That was Tony Montana. I don't know why I did that. Fuck, I'm struggling. Maybe I'm going through something. I don't know. It's all the pressure. Uh... I'm just going to let you guys get drunk and talk about comics. Anyway, wish me well on my travels. Okay, bye. Alright? No. Yeah, you and all, mate. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, fuck off. Fuck off, fuck off. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I've got right of way, mate, you cock. Yeah, whatever. You small dick bastard. Fuck off. Right? Yeah, your mum. Yes, mate. 
What did we do this weekend? Did any of you guys do the same thing I did? Masturbate. Anybody? <laughs> like crazy. Did any of you guys go to the movies? <laughs> At the same time, dude, I called you. Uh, no, no movies. No, oh, no I, movies? I watched movies, but I didn't go to the movies. Oh. I, was, I, I went and watched The Great American Pastime. Basketball? Basketball. <laughs> <laughs> the other. I'd be I went, wa- I went and watched The Greatest Player in, in the Game today, as a matter of fact. Mr. Lays. Oh, Sign hit two uh, two homers on uh, on Saturday, so it was yeah. uh, it was a good day to be there. He is a monster. He is a monster. Would you didn't take the kids? No, no, they I no, they can't see that one. Really, too violent? Yeah, I, I don't. I I wanted to show them the first one, and the wife kiboshed it. So, oh, it's number, number okay. two's off limits too, man. It was all kinds of awesome. What can be better? Just answer this question. What could be better than giant robots punching each other? Maybe spaghetti. Make it. Oh, giant robots spaghetti. punching each other with a plot. There was a plot. <laughs> see, this, I, I, this is what I'm I don't only, understand. I no, no, no. I'm not attacking you. I'm not attacking you. But the the reviews, as everybody knows, have been overwhelmingly negative. Yeah. I I don't understand it. And yet the movie's gonna smash all sorts of records. Yeah. So, <laughs> it, Michael it, Bay once again lasts all the way to the bank. It wasn't heavy on plot. It wasn't like The Matrix or, or you know, say, 2001. It was an enjoyable giant robot throwdown. I, I thought it was great. And when you finally see it, the scene where Megan Fox is draped over the motorcycle, you saw it in the trailer. Oh, my God. Her ass is another character in this movie. <laughs> it's glorious. Glorious. Yes. yes. I still haven't seen the first one. First one's not that hot. This one is like a million times better. And oh, they, really? Yeah, oh, um, yeah, at least a million. It's longer. There's more robot battles. They put in more characters. One of my favorite, Jetfire, appears in it. They tweak the history a little bit. Well, more than a little bit. But damn, it is, it's really good. Really good. And I don't care who, anybody who, who says it sucked. You were expecting uh, maybe a little bit too much out of it mm-hmm. because it was just a well, lot of fun. Sure. Well, I mean, seriously, what, what can you expect out of that movie? It's going to be big robots and big action. Yeah. and juvenile yeah, humor. There was a lot yeah, of testicle humor you know, in it. it, it they, movies like that come out in the summer for a reason. Yeah, I thought it was That's glorious. True. Well worth yeah. my two and a half hours and whatever I paid to get in. What, I mean, sir, what, what do you think people are expecting whenever they go to Transformers 2? Are they looking for the robotic version of Schindler's List or something? I don't know. You know, you know, it's. <laughs> you know, I mean, so, you know, it's like it's 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 brainless summer blockbuster fun. I, you know, I, I don't even know if it's supposed it, to it have a plot. Devastator. Devastator's in it. Yes, I, I have an issue with a lot of the designs. In in my opinion, less is more. Simple is better. The original Transformers designs were very simple, and they worked very well because of that. They got them all kibbled out with these multiple planes and shit hanging off all over the place some of them are eyesores they, they could have streamlined the, the designs a little bit but if you kind of put that on the back burner and just accept it for what it is like optimus prime sleek design beautiful original design just picture optimus prime a little more streamlined as you're watching the movie it, it works really well the action's out of this world everything gets blowed all up can i lead the discussion on the comics because i got a little tie-in thing I want oh, we're, to gonna, talk about. we're gonna talk comics yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> and we have some, we, second we were taking a... No, we have some listener email, too, but I bought a book today that knocked my damn socks right off, and yes, it's a Transformers book. 
from IDW who do Transformers right. I'm very pleased that they got the license. As we all know, All Hail Megatron's one of my favorites and a lot of other people on the forum. I bought Transformers Spotlight Metroplex today. Okay. Do you know who Metroplex is? I don't. It, it, in terms of Transformers, he is like the Empire State Building compared to the McDonald's. He's gigantic. He's a city-sized Autobot. Colossal. Oh, I remember the toy, right? There was a toy. Yes. Okay, yeah. Yeah. It starts off with the Throttlebots, this group of incredibly fast Autobots who are designed to evade the enemy. That's their gig. They're real small, very fast. The group is comprised of Chase, Searchlight, Freeway, Rollbar, Wide Load, any of these ring a bell? And, of course, yes. And Goldbug, whose presence should raise a few red flags to people who know their Transformers lore, but I'll talk more about that later. And because these guys are so fast and have an uncanny ability to evade the enemy, this group was charged with the task of couriers. They're, they're transporters. They, they bring the data amassed by this research lab in orbit around a planet called um, Salvaton 6. They bring the data back to you know its intended repository. But Six Shot, one of the most badass, awesome transformers in, in the galaxy, feared like no other, attacks the base, blows it all to kablooey. The Throttlebots leave taking their data with them, and this issue is nothing more than Six Shot's pursuit of the Throttlebots. Very simple premise. That's all it is. Six Shot is trying to track them down to get whatever their payload is, and he just so happens to run into Metroplex. Very simple, very easy, but the entire issue is done, save the first and last pages, in two-page spreads. How awesome is that? An entire book of two-page Gigundo double spreads. It's, wow. ama it's amazing. It's really, really well done. It was written by Andy Schmidt, art, art by Marcello Mater, colors by Priscilla Tramontano, and letters by Chris Maury. But the thing that really jo I was jonesing about this book is there are certain times when a comic book page sticks to your brain, one of those unforgettable pages that you remember for a, long after you close the, the cover on the book, the reveal of Metroplex is really well done. You see Six Shot, and he's just about to put the kibosh on one of the Throttlebots, and this huge, gigantic hand comes out from behind him and smashes him down, and the next page is one of the most awesome double-page spreads I've seen. It's nothing more than Metroplex screaming, I am Metroplex. It's huge. It's like the panel can't even contain him. He's so big. You have to see it. Double page spread is out of this world. And it's just a hell of a lot of fun. It's redonkulous, as Buddy Wood it, would say. Nice. And how does the art compare to our boy Guido Guidi? Uh, not going to kick Guido because he does one of the alternate covers on this. But Marcello has chops. It's it's a little more expressive than Guido's. Like mm -hmm. the 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 Autobots and the Decepticon, the sold Decepticon are rendered very well. How else can you render render a robot? It has to be pretty, you know, rigid. But the backgrounds and the uh, the surrounding um, objects are a lot. I, I don't want to say lo more loose because I wouldn't be comfortable describing this as loose. But it's more flowing than a little bit more lyrical than than uh, our boy uh, Guido. 
but they're, they're both fantastic artists. But I would not mind seeing this guy on uh, a lot more Transformers books. But the neat thing about this issue is, and it's it's something that is common to all the Transformer Spotlight books. It's multifunctional. It strings these plot threads along from All Hail Megatron, actually plot prequels from All Hail Megatron. It tells a compelling story in one issue, something that we rarely see these days. And get this, there are seeds planted for future plot developments. That's nuts, wow. all in 22 pages. So you're saying and that it's, it's more than meets the eye. It is. <laughs> it's very well, good. Here's your pull quote. Chris is playing along. But, and the thing I was talking about before about Goldbug, at least in the TV series, Goldbug and Bumblebee are the same thing. They're the same character. Bumblebee got the shit kicked out of him. I won't get into it in case you've never seen the original Transformers cartoons. But he was saved by a Quintesson, and he became Goldbug. Now, since Bumblebee is in All Hail Megatron, who's Goldbug? Who is this character? Right. So well, it, it, may, I, I don't know if IDW is creating two separate en entities about these with these characters, but it remains to be seen. So intriguing, and it's three ninety nine for uh, twenty two very uh, well drawn, well written pages. I liked it a lot. It, it, I looked at when I saw the double page spread. I I just oh I was like oh my god that's so cool. And Marty's like looking over at me. What the hell are you looking at? I said oh, it's Metroplex. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm a big kid. But I loved it. Loved it. If you haven't checked out the IDW Transformers books, please do it. Do yourself a favor. They're so good. Hey, fellas. This is uh, Adrian, also known as Tech Jedi on the comic forums, running the Mean Geek podcast, but you don't really want to know that. Uh, just started listening to episode 61. Just wanted to say thank you, motherfuckers, for putting on those straight jackets. That is some of the best shit ever. Saw them in concert a few years ago with Reverend Horton Heat. They deserve to be published anywhere. I think I'm going to put some on my next episode, too. Hey. I, want, I want to get the, the all Hail Megatron stuff, because you guys were, you, were you in particular, Vince, were, were uh, just uh, singing its praises. So, And, Jason, you said you picked it, you picked up the first trade? Is it yes, out? it did. Is, yeah, yeah, the good? first trade is out. I talked about it uh, when it came out. It, it was uh, I liked it. Oh, okay. uh, that's right. The second one is solicited in this month's previews. So, well, Vince, I I did something in St. Louis that may make you happy. I went to <laughs> I went to a really really nice store there called Star Clipper, which if you live in the St. Louis area, and it, the, this place was not open whenever I whenever I lived there. It's open since I moved to Chicago, but uh, if you if you're in the St. Louis area, it's right there in the U City Loop. It's called Star Clipper Comics, and it is a gorgeous store. And it's it, what I loved about it is that it had pretty equal mix between mainstream and independent comics, from what was uh, out in single issues to what was there in graphic novels and and trades and hardcovers and a huge manga section and it's just a very well laid out big spacious store that's not 
um, filled with too much product, so you feel like you can walk around and really, really enjoy your time there. Uh, great store, so Star Clipper Comics. But went in there, and uh, and Marta was was with me, and we were trying to find something for her to to, to read. She, you know, still has trouble kind of getting into comics. Uh, well, one of the one of the folks, AJ, who who worked there, was was talking with with Marta about some stuff and some horror manga and that kind of stuff, and. And I decided to try out a manga called Parasite. God. Yeah. Wait a so minute. I know, you know it's a I good know, thing I'm sitting down? Mm-hmm. I know. So me, me the freedom-hating manga detractor, has has picked up a manga. And I'm about halfway through the first volume. I think it's about an eight-volume series. Does that sound about right, Vince? It, that's Parasite with a Y? Yes. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure. I know it's more than five. I, I'm, I'm okay. not sure the, the whole number, but but I'm I'm about halfway through the first uh, the first volume, and it's pretty cool. It's a it's a sci-fi biological horror thriller. Quick premise is that these alien kind of pod things fall to Earth. Looks like they all fall in Japan. Apparently, uh, they they hatch open and they try and enter people's ears or noses while they're asleep, so they can kind of eat their brains and take them over. If they're not able to do that, as it happens with the main character in the book, that it enter it, his face was closed off. It wasn't able to, to get into his into his noggin and so it climbed into um, it burrowed into his arm through his hand. And so this this parasite kind of manifests itself and develops a personality. And so his hand is alien. And they go through the 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 book, and there are other of these these parasites that are, are all they're very instinctual until they are able to attach themselves to a living organism, and then they manifest their their personality, and and they they learn very quickly, and so they find these other parasites that you know had become a dog, and it's like yeah, I screwed up, I wasn't supposed to be a dog, trying to you know it's supposed to be attacking humans, and um. So yeah, it's it's this 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 young man who who gets this parasite in his in his hand, and now he's trying to figure out uh, where it came from, who else might be infected, and and the ones that uh, that had the parasites uh, that that entered their brains, they are like completely taken over by these uh. by these. It, it's very very um, uh, invasion of the body snatchers. In, we love it. In, yeah, yeah, it's pretty it's pretty cool. I mean, there are some of the the manga failings that are in you know a lot of the manga that I've read, there's some some kind of convenient plot jumps where or, or some you know some leaps in in some deductive reasoning where it's like well how did you figure that out kind of stuff or you know the the usual dialogue problems but the con the concept of the story is pretty solid. And I guess whenever it comes down, uh, you know, at the, at the end of the day, I, I was entertained as I as I read it. So I mean, that's that's really what it is. It's not nearly as spooky as uh, Gyo, but uh, it, it's 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 kind of in between kind of uh, the fly and invasion of the body snatchers. Uh, now, can the human who's communicating with the with the parasite use it as a weapon since it's on his hand? Yes and no. It's kind of like the Witchblade. I was just going to say that. You may be reading the Japanese Witchblade. 
It, yeah, which is ironic, uh, isn't it? Yeah, except you know, in the in the well, yeah, <laughs> only another hundred issues. In the American, in the, yeah, thanks. In the American uh, Witchblade, I mean, it's the it the Witchblade doesn't really communicate with Sarah. Not not real. It doesn't like talk to her out loud. And this thing likes you know sprouts eyeballs and a mouth and will will you know mutate and change and and you know actually like shape. Sh- ah. Did we lose Chris? That was weird. Yeah. Sounds like we did, yeah. It was it would shape shh and then he was gone. See, he got so excited talking about the manga, we just lost him. Damn. Yeah, it sounds good though, doesn't it? Chris, come back. Yeah, oh, it sounds great. Bad. Yeah, mm-hmm. I like I like the sound of that. I may invest in that one. <laughs> what happened? You got dumped. You wanna leave me back in? No, you're good. We we just oh. rolled. Oh, the okay. uh your enthusiasm level just Kind of bounced you right off because you sound excited about this, which is really good. Well, I, you know, I want to, I want to get rid of my reputation as a manga hater because I don't <laughs> hate manga. Well, here's the uh, big question, Chris: Are you going to buy the next volume? Yeah, I'll buy the next volume. It's um, wow. um, the big question is: Will I buy volumes three through eight or whatever <laughs> it is? I mean, that's yeah, it's. I mean, it's a, it's a big. Time investment. I mean, the nice thing is that this is uh, however many pages. Uh, okay, two hundred and seventy-five pages, and I always want to look on the back of the book, but the back of the book is the front of the book. Fucking manga. Um, it was uh, uh, thirteen thirteen bucks for uh, two hundred and seventy-five pages. So not bad. Yeah, well worth it. The art good, I guess. Um, um, be- better than serviceable. So I mean, it's not like holy shit. Look at that. Um, it's it, it's it's serviceable. And this is by Hitoshi Iwaki, I W A A K I. Yeah. And that that says a lot about the writing that you're willing to stick it out, even though they're, you're less than amazed with the art. That's another plus. Yeah, yeah. it's and, yeah. It, it was good. I'm enjoying it. I, I really am. I'm I'm enjoying it. So. And you're in the zone so as as far as biological horror. Like I always say, nobody does biological horror like the Japanese. Nobody. We'll you always I, say I, I, it. I do I always pick, say it. You do always say it. I was going to pick up um, Gyo, but mm. they were sold out there. Yeah, so. that's a good thing. And you know what? I'm glad you're easing into the manga because later on in the show, I have a manga I want to talk about. No, we. I, I took up the manga slot. <laughs> no, yeah, 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 didn't didn't you get the memo? There are two slots. Oh boy! No, I don't think there are. I'll sh- I'll shock you again. For next later week. on, I'm going to say nice things about a Marvel book. Whoa! Oh, oh you know it's going to be an X title. This is oh, just a that. surprise. <laughs> you kidding me? I know. Chris made me weep today, this week. Dude, Ron Richards is the biggest X fan in the world, and he's even railing on them right now. Oh well, then by all means, I mean it must just be absolutely you know between between people. <laughs> And and I don't know how Wood feels on this. You know, there are times where I don't want to take it personally. I don't want to be like, well, fine, it's not your bag. But when I'm told <laughs> by someone on a My forum bag. or or someone else, and it's like, oh, it's just shit. It's like, well, thanks for just telling me that everything I've been reading is just absolute crap. But big fucking thumbs no, up your way. Wow. It's 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 just I'm right there with you, Dan. It's just shit to them. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's fine. But well, I don't. Why would you let someone else's opinion influence what you want to read? Not saying oh, that it, you it, do. It, it doesn't oh, because no. if it, if it influenced what I read, then I'd stop reading it because exactly. they said it was shit. But you feel it's, so strongly about it that you're letting their comments sour your mood. 
because when someone says comments, when, but... when when someone says something shit, it's 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 normally that's all they'll say. Oh, it was crap. Oh, the art sucked. Well, thanks, thanks for playing. Thanks for stopping by with your little witty <laughs> remark. And you know, <laughs> witty, us us grownups will you know try to keep a conversation going because we can use big words. But I think we try. I'd like to think we succeed, but I think we try to um, kind of enforce a, a positive vibe on yeah. our boards and especially yeah. on the show and and we'll throw our digs out there but it's mostly towards each other like if 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 someone wanted to talk about superman or action comics you know we might throw a dig it may be dc's way but we're not we're not doing it to insult each other mm-hmm. and and there are times Speak where yourself. well hey you know <laughs> well i'm trying to keep i'm trying to keep uh, the executive editor's name out of this but it, they're they're just things where it just knocks the wind. It takes the air out of the room. It's just like, you know, everybody could be rolling fine with, with what they're talking about. And sometimes people just say something just to be heard, or to make sure that they, that their name is attached to a thread or, or, or a conversation. It's like, yeah. you, you were just fine staying out of it, dude. You really didn't need to throw your two cents in there. Cause it didn't add nothing to the conversation. I'm complete. I'm completely guilty about that. And I just need to remember that, it's it's about what you enjoy, and what you enjoy may not be what someone else enjoys. And I tell you, what, you know, I'm not the least bit interested in any of the X books right now, but I know that there are a legion of fans out there that love it, and they mm-hmm. will continue to love it. And good for them. I'm I'm happy for them. It's um, <laughs> no seriously. That's that's great. I and mean, there's stuff that I love in in life that people have absolutely no interest in, and that's fun. It's it's all about what you like and it's all good. You know, yeah, that's, so? what this, that's what this show is about. It's about talking about what we like and you know. But you know, you also want to give your friends crap. Absolutely, for, absolutely. Yeah. I'm sure there's one or two listeners who really don't you know give a flying turd about Transformers. Maybe you know, <laughs> but maybe, maybe one. How could maybe they? One. I don't yeah. know. That's crazy. They, they haven't learned yet, though. They need that's to, it. They yeah. Yeah. Yep. It's like the light switch well, going on. Oh, I got something I I'm excited it. to talk about. What is that? It's. It, I, this was one of those times where I just I picked the book up on a whim. I stopped over at Midtown uh, just to see what I might not have pre-ordered. Saw this, leafed through it. Said, you know what? Let me give it a try. Written by Jeremy Diamond, illustrated by Rich Duhaney. Uh, NASCAR Heroes number five. Have you guys heard of it? <laughs> oh, you are the potster. You really are. What? What? Dude, it, dude, it's hotness. And then no no sooner do I find out that it's it's nominated for a bunch of, uh, of Harvey. So, I'm, I mean, I, I, I knew I was on to something. It's, it's yeah. hot. Dude. Uh-huh. I'm telling you, dude. It's, uh, the only thing, though, is I didn't have any, I didn't have any chewing tobacco. Oh, uh, stereotype. No. no. Back up. <laughs> uh, uh, no, it was, it was the hotness, though. I would I definitely recommend you guys love NASCAR and you love... Comics that don't ever get solicited or appear in a diamond, uh, <laughs> but apparently are, are yeah. uh, available to some someone. It, it's your spot. Okay. Yeah, your spot. Now I've been very busy at work this week. I've been kind oh. of away from Twitter. I've been doing <laughs> message boards. Was there some kind of blow up with the Harveys? This week, can, yeah, kind of. Yeah, kind you of. can okay. I mean, I mean, you guys need to need to educate me on this, and there's probably some listeners out there that that you don't can, hang on all the the internet you could, uh, stuff. You could, what, what happened? Are, are you following Evan Dorkin? 
on Twitter by any chance? No, I need to. Yeah, you need to because he's he's got some pretty. He um. Well, before you get into it, let me just say one thing. It's very hard to comment on this situation and not come off. Like we have elitist attitudes towards comics. Yes, absolutely. Because, that is true. You're right. Right. Because there are certain books that you think v- we think v- very highly of and almost demand they appear on a best of list. And there are other books way beneath our notice that we would never in a million years consider putting on this list for various reasons. There are some things that light the fire and there are some things that put the fire out. Not to say that any of the books that made it to the list are bad in any way. That's not what we're insinuating, but there are a couple of them on there that I've never even heard of, which it's is more, really rare it, because we cover everything. Exactly, I think that's you're you're, you're more aware of what's not of what's not on the list. Yes. Now go. I'm sorry for peeing in your pool. Continue. No, that's okay. I was just I was just without giving anything away. Evan Dorkin is speaking as someone who has emceed the Harvey Awards. He has uh, he's he's received Eisner nominations. I believe he's even won. Harvey or two, um, that does milk and cheese. Um, absolutely, and and uh, he, you know he did he did milk and cheese, did Bill and Dork. Ted's, he did he did right. Thank you. So I mean he's he's someone who's been in the industry for a long time. So he's not he may have if you read his Twitter feed he may have come off like someone who is just kind of crapping on those people that were nominated. But um, it it was just it was a little odd seeing some of when you look at the at the list of nominations you just it's it's kind of hard not to shake your head and right. you do the you do that with every award ceremony yes you do from, yes. from the Os- from the Oscars you, you on do. down that's true although so, um, I do want to wait for I, I'm waiting for you to see the list Chris mm. let's not wait I I took a I took a, a, <laughs> a peek, I took a peek at it. Um, around comics wasn't nominated for the journalism section, so I <laughs> right. couldn't read the rest of it. But you got your full for one hey, example. Tom fucking Brevoort's blog was nominated last year. Really? So Are you serious? If that, if yes. that can get nominated, well, that was the beginning RV, of the end, I guess. Then, then fucking around comics can get nominated. You guys were nominated one for of, the Eagle. One at eleven o'clock comics. Oh yeah, pipe dream. One one of the more <laughs> eyebrow raising nominations to me anyway was Diary of a Wimpy Kid, which is very popular with the mm-hmm. the the Sprouts. My daughters read it and loved it, but it got nominated for best anchor. Now, if you've seen the art, that's a stretch. It, I mean, it, it it's of a certain quality. It's like text, right? It's, it's no like a diary. It's, I mean, there's it, pictures. Yeah, in it. there's drawings in it, but but yeah. but it's li- it's line it's drawings and text. But the the drawings, the line in the drawings, is not variable weight. It it seems to be all the same thickness in in right. in certain. Right. So I, to to nominate that for inking, when there are a bazillion books that bear the mark of a world class inker like David Morales. Come on, like Mark Morales. Like, like, uh, well, Jamie Grant is listed here as well. Uh, Rich Faber, who is extremely talented. But then I, it is just, just, yeah. I when I think of I dare, anchors, I, I think anyone of Joseph Rubenstein and, and, yeah. and Mark Farmer and, and Scott Hanna and Scott Colbush. Right. I was going to say it's Colbush. I dare anyone to ink Perez. Yeah, right. And that's just mainstream stuff. I mean, there yeah. are there's a whole world of of choices out there. Why Diary of a Wimpy Kid? I'm thinking 
Maybe it has to do with the popularity of the book. I don't know. It also depends on who who gets to vote for the nominations. Is this? I guess it's, is, yeah. If somebody, if if everybody a fan of graphics took the day off and they didn't vote, but everybody at Amulet Books was able to vote that day for the yeah. nominations, and that's the publisher of Diary of a Wimpy Kid, then then okay, yeah. then yeah. So so three votes compared to none is well, all right. It's on the ballot. Explain who votes for the Harveys. Okay, that, yeah, that's what I was going to say. To that end, right. Joe Keating, who uh, is the um, the editor in mind behind the Pop Gun anthologies, uh, he he wrote uh, on his blog. It's actually I think I thought it was originally on his blog. He wrote uh, his views on the Harvey Awards. It was an open letter to the Harveys, and it basically says, "Look, don't blame the Harveys. Blame us, meaning the comics industry, right. because right. the Harveys is open balloting. Anyone that's that's remotely involved in the industry, any creator, and I, yeah, yeah." And I actually believe they even let. They would let us vote. Like I believe, if you have a podcaster or a journalist, mm-hmm. they even well, maybe not. I I was under the impression that at least some journalists have gotten a vote. But but yeah, any creator, whether you be independent or mainstream, has the right to cast a vote. It's a you just have to go to the website and and, and fill out your ballot and submit it. And he Joe Keating writes a, a note to saying, look, I I think the Harvey Awards should should be more than they are. And he's been on the uh, I guess the Eisner Selection Committee. He's 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 been nominated for for Harvey's in, in his own right. And he said, but if we're going to cast aspersions, it's because those that we didn't go out and vote for the stuff that was deserving. You know, that's that yeah. people at NASCAR Heroes they got their their group together and they went and voted. And maybe it only took fifty votes to get on the list. But the point is, is that if if a book that we love is read by twenty thousand people, then we should, you know, that book should have been on the list because we should have gone out and voted. So, you know, I, I see his point, and I guess maybe that's maybe this will be a wake up call, and and more creators will give it its due. Um, you know, I, I don't know what what most creators think of the Harvey Awards in general. So, but this isn't the, this isn't one a of list the, of the best in comics. This is a list of the best that was chosen, submitted, right? Yeah. But the thing that I liked about his little piece was he expressed kind of regret that these shenanigans are going on because mm-hmm. it does not befit in any way the legacy of the man for which the awards were named. Right, exactly. The, the, uh, um, an award named after Harvey Kurtzman should be beyond reproach. It should mm-hmm. be a, of impeccable taste, I guess you, we, you could say, and quality because it should reflect the life and the work of the man for which they were named. And there's you, you, not you many artists better and more tasteful than Harvey Kurtzman. Well, you can't leave it up to popular vote then, right? Because That's because the, people yeah. because you now the, then then it turns into the Billboard Music Awards. Hey guys, it's Steve Bryant. I was just listening to episode sixty when you guys got to the pizza discussion, and I have to point out, like Chris, I favor the Chicago style pizza, but I also have to go further and say, New York style is great, and so is the whole West Coast wood fired oven. The only thing that cannot ever, ever, ever be considered actual pizza is that crap that they try to pass off in St. Louis. Never, never, ever, ever try to eat that stuff. Anyway, great show. Talk to you guys later. Bye-bye. The CBG Awards to me usually read like that. Like, you know, you you get Secret Invasion and, and Final yeah. Crisis nominated as best. You know what I mean? And those seem to be because they're more popularity awards. And then, obviously, the Eisners are their own thing. Um, and that that's and entirely they, fitting because CBG, at its roots, is a fan publication. And it was originally, right. you know, helmed by two fans, mm-hmm. you know, Don and Maggie. So it should be geared more towards the fans' opinion. A Harvey Kurtzman Award? I, I think that should be a very select 
group of ballots that are sent out. Yeah. Not so, not to just everybody and their brother. Yeah. Whatever. I mean, and any award show is going to have. There's going to be stuff that's snubbed. There's going to be stuff that you kind of shake your head and say, "Why is that yeah. nominated for that category?" And you know, it's an entertainment industry. It's it's all subjective. So. You know, it, it is what it is. Um, the Eisners, as as much as they go through to to try and and make that award ceremony as as on par with the Oscars with, with this industry. I mean, they're still every year. We look at the Eisners, and it's like, why the hell is this person nominated for Best Letter? You know, and it's just <laughs> just weird weird stuff like that. So. One of the things that really surprised me was from the realm of all the many foreign edition books translated into English that were released last year, Witchblade, Takeru Manga, gets nominated. Now, I own it. I I really enjoyed it. But like I said on the forum, forum forum.bullpenbulletinspodcast.com or 11oclockcomics.com, I'm a big fan of TNA. I like the fan service. I like boobies and cooter and everything that goes along with it Witchblade Takeru Manga is a TNA book essentially that's basically what it is there's it's real thin on story real big on the heroine or I mean yeah you can call her that walking around with next to nothing on to snub a whole mess of really quality books for that ah, it just it just made me wonder and I guess you got to give props to everybody who voted for it because they feel strongly about it. But I don't think it belongs on a on, a, on an awards dedicated to Harvey Kurtzman, which is kind of hypocritical because the man did Little Annie Fanny. But there's a <laughs> world of difference between Little Annie Fanny and this Witchblade stuff with B- Bill Elder. I don't know. And maybe we're just grumpy old farts like bitching because our favorite comics didn't get put on the list. <laughs> Oh, good. Then I, I can't wait for Tom Caters to hear this episode. Then, yeah. like, where the hell was Fables? It, oh, that's a no-brainer. Where the hell was? No, I, again. Yeah. But anyway, hey, so NASCAR hey, NASCAR Heroes number five. People, go ahead and pick it up. Oh, oh, you seriously got it? No, he didn't. No, no, no. Oh. That, that, book, that, that's the book that's getting the most uh, controversy right. because yeah, pretty much whatever. between us, we all. I mean, again, as I said on the forums, um, and Vince, you're right. It, it comes off to a listener if they don't go to our forums that we're just being elitist, as as do many of the complaints that. Are going around the web at this, but I just view it like this. Between the four of us, I'd like to think that there aren't too many comics that come out that we haven't at least heard of, or I right. mean, to some extent, <laughs> right? I mean, yeah. we were aware that they exist. We may not have read them. We may not know much, but we, we've heard of it. We've seen a preview. We've heard a solicit, something. And I honestly had no idea that NASCAR Heroes was an, a, a comic book. So I don't know whether it's distributed directly through NASCAR at, at, at races, if it's I mean, to my knowledge, it's not sold on a regular basis in comic book direct market stores. But maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I just never noticed it. I don't know. I don't remember ever seeing it in previews, though. Good for them for getting nominated. They got behind it. It's good promotion. We've heard about it now, right? It's, it's we, out we there. Talk about, we talked more about that book now. Whoa, goodness yeah. gracious. Hey, now. Sorry about that. It's 4th of July. I live in a Latino neighborhood. It gets a little loud. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Vince, I had a question for you. Shoot. I'm trying to finish out my uh, Jack Kirby DC collection, all the omnibus that they've been putting out, mm-hmm. and uh, I'm ready for another one. Would you suggest uh, Kirby's The Demon or The Losers? Oh, man. That's put me on the spot. 
I would say The Demon, only because it's more meshed in DC continuity. You'll learn a lot about Jason Blood. And, and poetry is it's rhyming. A, yes, and he, he rhymes. And it's from that peak Kirby period that I love so much. My, uh, my opinion of Jack's peak. That uh, going back to DC, Commandy, Demon, uh, Sandman, all those uh, fourth world titles, it's prime Kirby and it's it's Jack. And, and, and it has that crazy, loopy, mystical, paranormal edge to it that I love. The Losers is great, but it's, yeah, I would go with The Demon. I have it. I, I, it's the, the, the color reproduction is fantastic on it. Real crisp. All right. I'm there. Yeah. I, I will. I will. I will track David, down the demon. David, wouldn't you say uh, uh, demon? Just going to answer the same time, just so that I didn't look like I was copying it. But no, I, I just. From, but it's also. I mean, the losers is is. I'm kind of burned out with. I mean, just me. I'm I'm kind of burned out with with army or war type stories. Yeah. Very authentic though. Because Kirby lived. I'm sure, it. absolutely, absolutely, yes. and and I mean, not not that the demon couldn't be heavy, but um, I mean, it, it's just it's more, it's more out there to me. It'd be more escapist than anything else, and and yeah. it's whereas the losers, like you said, with with Kirby experiencing that and putting that on the page, it's you know seeing seeing something like like Etrigan from the Originator, you know that I I'd, I'd really have a kick with that more than the losers. And here's where I scratched the back of David's neck a little bit. And after you read the Kirby Demon, you could scare up the issues of Matt <laughs> Wagner's miniseries. Ah, yes, the Matt Wagner miniseries that absolutely ended up meaning nothing. Well, it's still good. It's still fantastic. And they could never take that away from him. No, absolutely not. I, I loved all four <laughs> issues. It, big surprise. But it was. Uh, I, I would have liked to have seen some of the things that happened didn't stick but still as far as those four issues that they're solid i love them yeah i i I invoked your name whenever i was talking about the uh the demon a couple weeks ago vince did you yep we were talking about the uh uh, saga of the swamp thing and Mm. the the demon appearance there and that uh, the second arc and uh alan moore writing demon speak with the with the rhyming i said vince would call this sex on paper it is. It is awesome. <laughs> Another uh, great example of how, how awesome the cartoon Brave and the Bold is, right? That demon was, was on the cartoon and he was a rhyming demon, which was awesome. Yeah. And just, yeah. Such meticulous attention to detail of that cartoon. Kirby's demon was not conceived anywhere near as vicious as Alan Moore's. Mm-hmm. And, and Alan Grant, right? He wrote the demon series that ran for about 75, 80 issues. Yeah, because there's now. Alan Grant and uh, Val, Val Samikas Sim- did the uh, Pencils and right. Yeah. Right. And uh, John McRae in there. Yeah. First appearance yep. of Hitman. But anyway, the Kirby's Demon is more... Oh, that's I mean, right. He's, it, he's it, a powerhouse. Uh, bloodlines. But, right, but he's nowhere near as vicious and, and, and animalistic as, as Alan Moore's Demon. Ugh. What about that oh, John Byrne series? <laughs> well, Burn, Burn didn't have him rhyme, right? He took the rhyme out of him. I, you know, I don't remember. I think he was rhyming, wasn't he? Mm, I don't think so. By the tricking of my thumbs. We have to check that out. Investigate. But yeah, I need to crack open my uh, Saga of the Swamp Thing uh, hardcover, too. I haven't gotten around to that. And I've been chomping at the bit because today I read Steve Bissett's blog, which is unbelievably well done. And he had a history of 
the sordid past of Taboo's publication history, which dragged Dave Sim into the picture, Alan Moore, Tundra. It's great reading. Head on over to Steve Bissett's blog if you want to just get the, the down and dirty on just what exactly happened to Taboo and uh, the tribulations he had to go through to get that thing published. It's crazy. And it's all because of Diamond, the bastards. Something that surprised me recently. What's that? World of New Krypton number four. Oh, boy. Bam! Wait, hold uh, on. What? What? David's talking about a DC book? Yeah, da- David has been from time to time. <laughs> da- da- David doesn't just blanket statement call everything David, crap. But in any case, David likes to speak in the third person, which yeah, is really unsettling. Depends, depends on the room. Even a Ricky Henderson or... Uh, David is not a role model. <laughs> um... I, I think I think this is, with the exception of a panel or two, I think this is Pete Wood's best work I've seen on, on this series, but uh, in in a good long while. Um, a good career. <laughs> it, it, it did. It didn't seem rushed. I think I'd like to see an anchor on him, but I um, it was solid. I could make things out. I mean, it was is, and not to say that the previous three issues you couldn't but it was just it i don't know what the hell i was doing when i sat down and read this i don't know i think it was the first book i read when i got home and it was just it was i guess i just read it with a fresh mind if you want to call it that but i i or or maybe you know what maybe it's the fact that yeah hal jordan is in it but it was it was just a really Uh. no i i like i said you know a panel or two there's some scenes where um and this is why i said i'd like to see an anchor on him he up up close when when uh when there are characters in the foreground, things look great. Everything, nice line weight, everything looks looks sharp. But as you get into the background and you see other Kryptonians or, or uh, John Stewart and uh, Sodom Yat are, are with Hal investigating New Krypton, um, things get a little, not blurry, just not, not, not as clear, not as clean. And I had to... Um, I had to find out. I thought there was a fourth Green Lantern with them, but it turns out it was just it was John Stewart. And whether he looked a little different or the coloring was a little off, um, he had but aside, no, he just he, he looked he he uh, awfully Caucasian and, and once or twice. But it was um, it was a cool story because you had uh, you know the, the the ending. It's it's got a neat cliffhanger. Um, you know you still Zod's still trying to run the place his way, and he, he's not going to take. He doesn't want anybody to disobey his, uh, an, an order. There's a there's a character in here who uh, goes on a rampage, and it turns out that uh, he's also wanted by the Guardians on Oa, but uh, Oa doesn't have extradition rights with, with New Krypton, so they can't take him. There's uh, you know, and it, and it extends the uh, the relationship, and and I guess continues to strain that between Cal and Zod. But it was it, it was a cool issue that this one is is credited as being written by uh, by Robinson and Rucka. Uh, like I said, Pete Woods did the uh, did the pencils. Uh, the colorist was Brad Anderson, and I I had um, I enjoyed an awesome, beautiful Gary Frank cover, and it was a uh, preview of. Uh, the Cry for Justice miniseries by uh, by James Robinson, which looks really interesting, and the art, as as Vince pointed out, is uh, there's a Mark Texera influence here with uh, with Mauro uh, Cascoli. Hey, eleven o'clockers. This is Dave from Alabama. Uh, I'm about seventeen minutes into y'all's uh, latest uh, latest episode. Uh, 
with the uh, voicemail from Logan from Regina. Um, you know, you, you get to comic books when you get to comic books. What always flabbergasts me is that y'all can stink and afford so many comic books. Um, being in my first job out of college and have a stay-at-home wife with my, my daughter, I, you know, having time to, to read all the comic books I can isn't a problem. It's uh, being able to afford enough comic books to fill the day. Anyway, uh, I totally understand. Back in the day when I was in college and I was working at a comic book shop, I I totally would let my uh, quote-unquote Regina pile build up. So, anyway, just wanted to say so. Catch you later. Hey, 11 o'clockers, this is Dave from Alabama again. Uh, that first voicemail was on the way to work. This is the way home from work. Um, that subject y'all got on on uh, Marvel <clears throat> crossovers and whatnot. Uh, it's got me so fucking angry. Can't even see straight. Driving's probably dangerous next to me right now. Uh, just wanted to say that kind of shit is what uh, what drove me away from Marvel to begin with. Started my comic book life as a Marvel zombie, and right now I sworn off there published anything published by that company ever again uh, that started about I don't know I think it was Grant Morrison's second uh, stage mutation and uh, what the final nail in the coffin was uh, Joss Whedon bringing back Colossus from a hero's death to some pathetic excuse anyway I know Mr. Neesman will hear this and laugh at me, but fuck it. But I, I did, I, I did like the, uh, I liked it. Well, the new Krypton number four. Yeah, cool. can't, uh, the uh, the the Justice uh, came out today. But uh, um, Wood, are you are you digging through the the Superman stuff? Funny you should ask that, Chris. <laughs> Segway, baby. Because on the way home tonight from work, I finished up the very last two issues of the stack of Superman greatness that you sent me. Wow, awesome, so, cool. Yeah, yeah. I, I read, uh, the last one was the 26 in the triangle numbering, which is Supergirl, number 41, the finale to the Who is Superwoman arc. First of all, it was a really quick read. I mean, I, it was, I think, like 30, 30 some odd issues you sent me, and uh, it felt like... I didn't know how many issues it was because they were sitting in front of me. I felt like it, it was maybe two or three trades it went so fast. So, um, un- really cohesive. Uh, you know, I don't have a lot of history with the characters, so I'm totally unburdened by any of the, well, this is different than Burn, or this is the same as Burn. I have no perspective on that whatsoever. The status quo as it is now is pretty much the status quo as I know it. And I- I've really enjoyed it. I would say of all of the, uh, of all the books, the one I'm least into um, story-wise is probably action just mm-hmm. because I feel like uh, at least as far as I've gotten in the series the uh, Flamebird and Nightwing characters really haven't been developed all that much I mean yes some, some stuff's happened with them and who they really are and all that's cool but I guess because I don't know who those characters were prior to this I don't really like feel like much connection to them as to why I should really care one way or the other but World of New Krypton has been badass uh, and I agree with David Pete Woods uh, I've not always been a huge Pete Woods fan, but 
but so far so good in this. I mean, it's, it certainly hasn't put me off to the story, and Ruck and Robinson are kicking ass. I mean, I, I have a feeling that by the time this 12-issue run is over, it's it's going to be a hella good story. Um, I love the idea of Cal trying to, uh, you know, be subservient to Zod in, in order to, you know, get to the bottom of whatever he's worried is going to happen. Um, I, the thing that's amazing about all this is that it's, you can tell, I mean, when I heard about this before you sent the stuff to me, which was that, you know, uh, with the Johns had gotten together with these guys and created a Bible that would last for a couple of years, you always wonder about how much of that is filibuster and how much of that's truth, but it's pretty clear from reading this and how cohesive all these titles are together that really they do have a lot of story planned out between these books. I mean, there's a lot more to go with each of these stories. I mean, there's a lot unresolved. Do you, do you get the feeling that it's just not going to end well? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it has to, right? I mean, I what I'm what I'm going to be really interested though is is and I hope doesn't happen is I hope when all this is said and done, whether it's six months from now or two years, whenever they have this this whole thing planned out, I hope it doesn't end where New Krypton ceases to exist and somehow or another all the 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 super Superman you know beings the Kryptonians are are away again you know either because they're killed or they're put away in another dimension I hope that doesn't happen because I think that would be I think the idea of there being other Superman really changes the dynamic of Clark um, and I know some of you Vince you may you may think it changes it for the for the worse over time maybe that's true if you're a long term fan but for me I'm intrigued by that like I'm really intrigued by the fact that Clark now his only advantage is that he's got experience which is not an insignificant advantage but at the same point in time, that advantage will quickly dissipate. I mean, there's going to be guys that are born, you know, born soldiers, born, you know, fighters that have these powers now. They're going to pretty quickly be as daunting, if not more daunting, than him. And it's really going to be about his 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 inner virtue that's the only real asset he's going to have over these guys. So yeah, it's it's been badass. I mean, I, I the highest compliment I'll, I'll give it uh, is that you know we had joked that since you were going to have me read these, I was going to pick three books. And make you read them, um, since I would pick these up. And and this stuff is so high quality that I'm more than happy to pick them up and read them with. And I don't feel any need to uh, force three other books on you. I mean, put it to you that way. So, hey, we we made we made a deal. So so you can you can send whatever you want. Doesn't doesn't take me uh doesn't take me long to get my hands on them. But uh, yeah, I'm really the the other thing is that the Superman book, which is uh, Monel is the I guess the lead protagonist now. Um, that was the one. Having seen the solicits, that I was thinking, yeah, this might be kind of the suck. I don't really care much about Monel. It's really it's good. good. It's really, really good. Um, and I also, I don't know how much history there is with the Guardian character. Like again, I don't know if he's someone that's been in and out of DC Comics lore for a long yeah. time or not. Long okay. time. Okay. Yeah. okay. He's a current creation. Okay. Oh, I Thank you, David. You're welcome. Yeah, I didn't know that. <laughs> but I'm really digging what they have him as. I mean, he's he's a pretty interesting character, both in terms of who he is under the mask, but also he's you know he's got a little of that Captain America to him. You know, certainly oh, yields yeah. the shield, and but he's cool. I mean, he's a cool guy. He's he's picked a pretty badass looking team of you know humans to to help him lead this force, and and the backstory that they're laying with you know Lex and uh, Lois's dad and Lois's sister. I mean, that's where I think Chris, when you say it's going to end badly, I mean, there's a lot of stuff going on on Earth right now. That Clark's going to have to come back and deal with, and when he comes back and deal with it, I have to think there's going to be pretty major consequences to play for oh, yeah. a lot of people. And uh, yeah. so it's it's. A, I guess the only thing I'm 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 wondering is you know how long we will have to 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 wait for all this to play out, right? Because it seems like it's it's got to have a lot more story before we see some of the resolution. But they're <laughs> right, layering right, in right a lot of subtext. 
yeah, yeah. Um, pick up the action before you give up on action. And I know that that's probably the one that a lot of people are having the most difficult getting into because of the whole mm-hmm. um, Flame Bird and, and Nightwing characters. Pick up the Action Comics Annual that came out a couple weeks ago. It has a, a really nice backstory and fills in a lot of the questions of, of who they are and how they came to have this relationship and it uh, did a really nice job of, of kind of grounding you with those characters and their motivations so so check that out if uh, if you have a chance but uh, let me ask you three because mm-hmm. you have the history do any of the characters that are working in here do any of them strike you as a because I know Johns has been given a lot of credit over the years for kind of um, not retconning but reintroducing characters you know, or giving them a kind of a modern feel. You know, he's done that with, you know, we've talked a lot about what he's done both in the hero side and with Brainiac recently. Do any of these characters that you're seeing brought back like Guardian or Reactron or whoever, whether it be villain or, or, or any of them really resonating with you or or on the other, are any of them resonating with you in a negative way where you're like, that's not the way the character should be written? I mean, you know, are there, are there any standouts from your guys' perspective having history with these characters that I, I don't? Superman and, and Action aren't, on the top of my stack, I'll I'll get like I think I have an issue or two backlogged. I I'm not I'm not in a rush, and and this is actually I was going to ask you guys because not 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 to forget Jason's question. Obviously, my my take on things we all say or we you know we we always hear oh you know comics aren't for kids. We're trying to get new readers or, or anything like that. But what strikes me odd is right now there is. And unless there's something I'm missing that I'm not reading. There's no mainstream DC comic with Superman in costume, in his in his outfit. There's World of New Krypton. There's Superman where he is not appearing in. There's action comics, which, you know, we in comics know that that's Superman's book, but it doesn't say Superman in action comics, so it's okay that that's Flame Bird and, and Nightwing. But there's nobody, if anybody, and... This is a long shot. There's nobody, if they went into a comic shop and they picked up a Superman comic book, what's what's in that comic book that they wouldn't say, where the hell is Superman? I'm not saying this storyline isn't great and isn't worth it, and, and I'm, I'm along for the ride. I want to see it play out, at least as far as the World of New Krypton limited series. But do you think that could maybe be a mistake? Could that backfire in, in, in a way that, you know, I bought the Superman comic book to see Superman, and he ain't in it. I don't know. I think it's more I, I, along the lines of uh, absence makes the heart grow fonder type deal. Okay. When when they eventually do bring him back to Earth, it's going to be a big blowout. Okay, so when they eventually do, so if that's in another eight months, is someone going to buy Superman featuring Monel and Guardian for the next eight months? I've been reading comics for over 20 years, mm-hmm. and this is the first time... Okay, in my collection, I probably own 15 or 20 Superman comics, whether it's Superman or Action. This is the first time in 20 years that I'm reading Superman, Action, Supergirl, and every Superman family book that's out there. So uh, that Superman isn't in most of those books, isn't in all of the ongoings. Yeah, that's... I, I can see your point, but... From my perspective, but it's for, the as far as the story goes, you're you love first it. time it's ever been interesting. Okay, well, John Johns and Company certainly have made Superman and his mythos palatable 
to the I, mainstream reader, but I would argue that no more than Bendis did with the Avengers. I mean, Bendis created a franchise with the Avengers. They, when, yeah. have, when have you ever seen four concurrently published Avengers titles? That boggles my mind that that's even happening. Mm-hmm. Be, and uh, you have, I think what they're banking on is they're banking on pulling, establishing Monel and Nightwing and Flamebird as and others as these instantly recognizable characters because you've you've expended this certain amount of time and uh, you know a nice chunk of their history. I mean, the the only people that were Jones and Fermanel were Legion fans before this now they brought him it's it's definitely time i mean mon Mon monel deserves i think he he deserves i mean lead weakness aside there's it's about time i i I don't mind seeing monel front and center so this has a a very good chance of giving dc their cake and having them eat it too when they finally do bring superman back you'll have all these cool quote supporting characters that are well established, and maybe you'll see a Monel title out of this. Who knows? Or you know, well, yeah, or and Mon-El also to, to be that a backup. End, yeah, right. But the other thing that's cool about these characters, including Monel, is that they are roughly equivalent to Superman in in ability, right? I mean, in the sense that they're also mega powerful characters, right? right. So it gives you a chance to at least, because again, one of the reasons that Superman has not appealed to me traditionally is the notion that I've always viewed him as just he's just too powerful, and I know. Part of the burn reboot was, you know, kind of removing that that aspect of him, so he wasn't able to, you know, move worlds around the sun with, with mm-hmm. you know, in, before he had lunch. But he still is, by far and away, godlike. He's so powerful. I mean, whenever he needs, whenever the day needs to be solved, and it's, he's the, whenever something needs to be solved, he's the guy that they always have to do it. He'll always be that way. Yeah. But to he, David's he, point, he I mean, is as powerful as as writers want him to be. A correct. Lot of yes. Yes. To David's point, though, two things. One. As a numbers guy, I would point out that while I see your point, I would also say that for the fact that Superman is the longest standing and probably most valuable in terms of brand identity character in comics, Superman books, comic books, have not been the top sellers in a long, long time. You're right. True. Action action was selling 50... I mean, the idea that Action Comics and Superman were selling 40,000, 50,000 copies, even in this environment, is, is to me very disappointing, right? I mean, if I don't see why one of them shouldn't be in the 80, 90, 100,000 always, right? I mean, like Batman is. So that's number one. So I don't think they really had much to lose. I mean, I, I don't... So I don't think the numbers are being hurt in that regard. Number two, we have to remember that part of all this, which hasn't happened yet, but it's coming, I think, this month is the first issue solicited, we're getting the John's penned origin, the super, the new, the new oh, Superman. Oh, okay, okay. So yeah. we're going to, you know, he, he's telling concurrent, he'll be telling a Superman story that, that tell, retells the origin, which I guess a lot of people are saying is going to be effectively another reboot. So it's like the Burn reboot 20 years later. It's the, it's the John's, the John's reboot. Yeah. yeah. So, so we'll be seeing that and I suspect that that will be a pretty big seller because A, it's John's, B, it is Superman and it's, it seems like anyone that's reading the books now, which Chris has got me reading, and I know he's, re- you know, I'm going to read these. Conti- I'm going to continue to read these, and I'm certainly going to pick up that that John's book because this will has a chance of much like Green Lantern Rebirth for me. This may in fact be my Superman reboot, right? This I I have no allegiance to the Burn reboot, so okay, um, yeah. So I don't know. I mean, I, I think it's a fair question, but 
Um, but that being said, I guess I, I ultimately and I it's think only Tom been going on, and it's only been a couple of months. So right, this is right, the fourth right. issue of New Krypton. So it's not like Superman's been out of his title for like mm-hmm. half a year or anything. I mean, so yeah. so the numbers could still be, you know, where they are because of what was going on before. But I, you know, yeah. I just it just strikes me odd that here's Superman and you don't see him in the red and blue too sure. often because i mean in the cry for justice many at least he's in the first issue or the first few pages of the first issue according to this preview but um you know you'd have to buy super friends or whatever any of the johnny dc titles are to see him and i mean that that i you could buy, I re- you could buy I, wednesday comics you could, yes oh, absolutely there you go yeah and 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 see you know a couple of panels you know, a double page spread of super that'd be awesome and and, and it will be just up. I mean, absolutely was- yeah so he wasn't he wasn't completely gone i it's just i used to love the dc dollar books world's finest batman family superman family and i don't think that it's it's crazy although well maybe it's crazy especially with one day's wednesday comics coming out now I'd love to see the Superman family come back. I'd love to see the Batman family come back, but you know, Superman fan. I mean, see, at least with Batman, it's not Bruce Wayne, but Batman. You still have the, the Bat well, signal, it seems like and, and setting us up with the possibility of an ongoing family title when all this is said and done, right? Because it kind of oh, yeah. seems to be like adventure comics, which is about yeah. to relaunch, and that's going to feature Connor well, mostly, yeah, I was right? Say, yeah, spoilers to those that don't know, but Connor is back. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, well, so, essentially, what you're reading now is Superman family spread over the course of three times. Right, right, so right. There's just it, not got, an anthology with it, right. Yeah, yeah, we've got Chris is back, and he's an adult now. We've got Connor's back, and he's close to, if not an adult. Monel's back without lead poisoning, and he's effectively equivalent to Superman. Uh, you've got uh, Sodom Yacht is as powerful as Superman. Um, I mean, for all intents and purposes, plus he's a lantern. You've got Superman. You've got Supergirl, who's now are again. Ca- are you are you caught up on Green Lantern Corps? Yeah, I'm caught, uh, well, I, I guess it, nothing unless something came out this week. Yeah, one yeah. came out today. Oh Green no, I haven't. came out today, okay. right? Yeah, I haven't. No, okay, so yeah. so then no, I guess. Um, but you, my point is, is there are a lot of these characters that that they're establishing and will establish, and it seems to me that. I don't know that we're going to have all these, and we're not going. To, I can't imagine we're going to have Nightwing and Flamebird and and Monel and Connor all with their leads in their own books for a long period of time. So it would be cool if they did some kind of Superman family book when all this is said and done. That would be badass. Hello, Eleven O'clock Comics. This is Frankie, the Buildinator. Um, today I want to talk about games. No, we don't talk about games. I figured we'd talk about games. I just got myself a PS3 just the other week. And one of the games I bought with it was X-Men Origins Wolverine. Um, This makes the movie a whole lot better. It takes aspects of the movie, but it's not the movie at all. Um, It is violent as hell. I think Vince would love this this game. Uh, If if you like X-Force, I think you will love this game. Uh, They even have an unlockable suit where you can unlock the X-Force uniform. And that's it. Peace. Kind of going back to, I, I don't think things are going to end well. I've got a feeling that Christopher Kent is not going to live through this storyline. <laughs> not at the rate he's going, no. No, it's just there's something bad is going to happen. Yeah. And it's mm-hmm. uh and and Flamebird, which I forget her I forget her name. It's Kara's best friend from childhood. But uh, yeah, Thara is it Thara? Thara yeah, gonna yeah. be another Cat Grant situation. 
I... <laughs> <laughs> but I just, yeah, you just, you just get a feeling that those that those two characters, especially, that they're going to be the first ones that are going to going to bite it by the by the end of this. But uh, mm-hmm. no, and, it's uh, it, it it's cool. There's well, a there's a Superman family book that comes out almost every week. I look forward. And there's to it. right, you're right, and and you know it's been a while since we had a weekly Superman book, and now it's not so much Superman; it is his family extended, and it's not just Superman because you have you know Damien's getting fleshed out over in the Bat universe. You now have Batwoman, who's who's going to be seen every month finally and fleshed out um, girls getting a new, a new Batgirl is coming. there'll be a new Batgirl uh, you know, I'm sure Barbara Gordon's going to be probably involved in it or you know, she, she's not going away after the Oracle miniseries you know, and of course, the Green Lantern Corps has always been around, but but with the ongoing Green Lantern Corps, they're really, you know, Kyle has another book now. He's he's in that, and 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 I like Arissa, and but that's in that. So I mean, you know, there's well, you know, hey, how could I not? You know, she, she's as close as I'm going to get to Hal. So it's it's just it's you know, there's just there's oh, man. <laughs> that was a little creepy. Yeah, more than a little creepy. Yeah, more than yeah. Okay, all right, Kirby, yeah. love. I'm the, I'm supposed but, to be the uh, creepy one. <laughs> but you're right. The the DC landscape is in upheaval. You have and, all and, these, and it's and it's right. And and so I mean, the future does. Lo- if if this was, you know, I'd laugh in his face if the Dio said, "Yeah, this was my plan all along." But it's, oh, yeah. it's who the hell's going to believe that? <laughs> exactly. He stepped into this big time, but it's going to take time. It's it's something that we're seeing now play out. But if you know, I mean, it we had to get through countdown and all these other missteps to get yeah. here. But it's it be it's it. I look forward. And I, I'm I'm anxious. I'd like to see the cleansing flame of countdown. Yeah, it, there you go. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, but the, but the but the key is just tell good stories and don't get so that's caught it. up. And that's what they're doing, and that's and that's what's a nice that's a nice feeling. That's that's right. something that like that that's all we wanted, and and we're getting it now. So it, it does feel good. Just don't get too caught up in your own continuity. That's that's, that's right. where they start making mistakes. Right. Two comments. One. Jason, you said that Superman's biggest asset is his, his experience in relation to all these new Kryptonians? In his humanity, yeah. Oh, well, see, there you go. I would, I would say, yeah, his main asset is his humanity. And number two, I'm dropping all the Superman books. I knew it. Dropping them I, all. I saw, I saw that coming oh, wow. in. Wow. So that yeah. happened on uh, right, right across the board, so and it has started with what, Supergirl, right? Yeah, well, yeah, and it has nothing to do with the quality of the books because they're all stellar. Sterling okay. Gates, Johns, Robinson, they're all, uh, Rucka, they're all great books. I'm getting to the point where the chump factor that's inherent to buying books on a monthly basis is getting a little bit too distasteful for me. Because let's admit it, there is a chump factor in buying five Superman books a month. To, to me, that's right. like that's way too much. I, I love he's he's my favorite character, and I'm satisfied to read these things in trade when they finally come out. But the now, month- let me just ask you a question: Are you going to stop buying Spider-Man? No, 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 no. no. <laughs> that that's that's a totally different story. Because well, because so plus, plus Spider-Man the, Family, which I think you buy as well. No, I don't. No, I don't. But did you hear that book got a kick in the ass in terms of sales when Spider Girl was at it? Girl, there you go. Yeah, I couldn't believe yeah. that. That's yeah. awesome for yeah. uh, Defalco yes. and Friends and Basima. Who's Sat. who's Staticky? Staticky. Ah, oh, shit. Well, oh, good, good, good. That's excellent. But, no, I, because the focus of Spider-Man is Peter Parker. It, it's not spread out among Supergirl and mon and all these characters. It's Peter's title, and he is the feature in each one of them. That's fine. 
I'm not going to wait to read a Spider-Man title when it comes out every week like this. No, I just can't do it because it's so good. And that's another factor. I've been letting the Superman books pile up, and I enjoy them immensely when I read them, but they haven't been a priority for me in about three or four issues. And mm-hmm. if I'm going to wait that long to read them, I might as well wait for the trade. I'm trying to pare my, my list down to just the essential single-issue purchases, and I want to get everything in trade, much like Chris. Absolutely, it's hard. It's hard to do. I walked out of the comic shop today and I pared things down again, and uh, it, a lot of it is kind of. I, I don't want to drop things in the middle of a story arc. Yeah, I want to. Com- I want to complete an arc, and you know, or like uh, uh, Lock and Key came out today. It's the last. I, I think the last issue of that uh, of that mini series, and so yeah, it's. Um, you know, trying to finish some stuff out and then start going into trade. But it's it's hard. But at the same time, it's very liberating to walk out of the comic shop and go, yeah, man, I just spent $15 on books for this week. And say, but I know I've got a couple trades coming in the mail or I was able to pick up, uh, you know, pick up a couple trades and, and that'll be more than enough to read over the next week. Can I throw out um, something that came out today that... Yeah. In my opinion, was an awesome value. Okay, but one, just one thing. I just want to cap off that discussion. I'm chomping at the bit to see the list of specials at DCBS because this month's previews, number 250, I believe it is, has an uncharacteristically large amount of collected editions that I want. Fanagraphics alone is putting out uh, Jacques Tardy's Two books from Tardy. Comics Journal 300, the milestone issue, is in this this issue. There's Jordi Bernays, Torpedo. I can't say no to that. Have you seen that stuff? It's Chris, it is tailor-made for you. Really? It's, it's hard-boiled. I love Jordi Bernays. Yes, it's hard-boiled crime, and you need to read it. But And I'm looking at all these collected editions, and then I'm thinking, there is no way in hell I'm going to be able to get all my monthlies and this, what would I cut out? The the Joe books are, are going bye-bye. I enjoy them, not enough to buy the, the singles. I can wait for the trade. The Superman books are going. And then I, I took a good hard look at my image books. There's not a single image title I would cut. <laughs> so that, that tells you right there that those are the books that when, when the DC, and the Dynamite, the boys, I read those first. I, I, I literally cannot wait to get that box to read those. And then I make my way towards the other stuff. So I, it's, it's almost like I'm gauging my purchases by enthusiasm level. Now the the image books are you do you say you you need to get all of those because it's the story it's that you want to support these it's, creators yeah, both. it's both. okay yeah like I I can't I can't Im- imagine not reading proof as it comes out well I'll I'll be it a month late but and and uh, the same with Savage Dragon and God help me Spawn is really good now I'll take uh, your word for that no it's very good. Um, you know, Jersey Gods, all, all the chew, all the, the, the many image books, uh, Wolfman. The only one I wait for is Walking Dead, only because I prefer to read that and collect it because it flows better than, than the Walking Dead single issues. But I can't say goodbye to image. So, yeah, like Chris, it's the, that enthusiasm level that's propelling my, buy, uh, my buying habits. Right. So, here's yeah. the question I have for you both, actually, though. It's one thing to say that you're paring back your buying and waiting for the trade. It's another thing to pare back your buying. So I guess my question is, 
Are you saying you're waiting for the trade, but more in a vein of, I still want to read these, but it's not going to be a priority to buy those collected editions at the price when they come out that month, but if I see them at a con or at a good discount, I'll pick them up and catch up? Or are you saying that that, that, I'm still going to buy everything I bought before, but I'm just going to do it in collected edition? Because then it's like you're just... I mean, you're, you're I, I am a, I'm, I'm a dumbass, as uh, <laughs> has been uh, evidenced many times on the show before. <laughs> Jason, I have a terrible habit of buying a series in singles, and then when the trade comes out or a nice collector edition comes out, I'll buy it in that too. Sure, sure. Mm. Uh, it's, so, I mean, we all do it. it I mean, we all, I, at least yeah. I shouldn't say we all do it, but I do it all the time too. It, but sometimes knowingly, other times because I, I know I have the issues, but I'm too lazy to go back and never pull them out. So I'm like, oh, I'll buy that and have it on my bookshelf. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah. So I'm just like, no, you know what? I'm I'm not gonna for that alone. That will end up saving me a lot of money. Really, collector editions for the most part are cheaper than than the single issues, um, just because you can get them at, at higher discounts. Whether it's at your you know, just uh, finagling with your with your LCS owner. Most people should be able to go into their their LCS, and if you don't want to order online through DCBS or in stock or Amazon or whatever, oh, shame. You should you, what? <laughs> no, I'm kidding. He's, he's just being wood. Oh, <laughs> mentioning all of the. Uh, all the potential sponsors and existing sponsors. No, you should, anyone should be able to go into their, their LCS and say, hey, I'm going to switch to trades. I want to keep my business with you. I can get 30 to 40% off on trades by ordering them online. What kind of a discount can you, can you right. give me you know, if I'm going to come in here and buy trades from your store? So you know, I, I, would, I would advise anyone... To, to not be afraid to at least talk to their LCS owner or manager about getting some sort of discount, whether it's you know ten or twenty or twenty five percent off on your trades. Right. So and and would to answer your question, probably not buy the trades at retail or the price they're asking for them. But yes, if I saw them at a con for. Um, a, a big discount, I would buy them. And and it, it just goes back to the enthusiasm level. I'll buy a trade of G.I. Joe if I see it cheap, but I will not forego the single issues of the Transformers. I just, hell no, I'm not ah, going to do it. okay. So... Yeah. Right. So it's not even so it's 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 saving money because, you know, obviously you go to your comic shop every week and, and like today, what did you buy? Hardcover? Uh the best of the Fantastic Four Volume One, which I have pretty much all of it in various in various forms. Right. But it was it was five bucks. Right. So so I bought so, it. So if, if, if you could save money on the collection because we all know the price of comics are gonna go up. So obviously the price of, of collections the collected editions are going to go up, but um, especially if more people start to move away from the single monthly issues and make their way to the collected editions, then then the publishers are going to have to recoup that cost somehow. So maybe Chris wants to read the whole story in one fell swoop. And, and I mean, I know there are a lot of people, even when I buy single issues, if, if it's, you know, a four-part, a five-part, a six-part story, I'll sometimes wait until all the story the whole story is done and then i'll sit down and read those individual issues so it's it's but as far as vince goes it's about saving money because even if even if dcbs doesn't offer the gi joe collection or the world of new krypton volume one at a decent enough price then you know you'll wait 
for a convention just, and get yeah, it for just wait. 10, 15 bucks. Buy, buy sure. my time. And, and I was also thinking it's also a matter of import. There's an Eddie Campbell Alec Omnibus offered right. in, in this from, from Top Shelf. Some of the most impeccably crafted comics ever. And I took a look at it, and there's a soft cover and a hard cover. The, the soft cover is like, say, 35, and the hard cover is 49. Even at 50%, buying all the monthlies, I would be hard pressed to add that and the other collections. And how can I pass up Eddie Campbell in favor of making sure that I retain the G.I. Joe monthlies, the Star Wars monthlies? I mean, they don't even compare. And, and anyone who has read that Alex stuff would be hard-pressed to, to say, well, yeah, you should go with the G.I. Joe. These comics are fantastic. I have to order it. Mm-hmm. So, again, it's, it, there's a bunch of different factors. It's just right. our you know, yeah. buying habits. Chris, what were you going to talk about that came out today? Savage Dragon 150 is awesome. Ooh, I know. <laughs> and what a value. Yep. It's. I mean, it, you throw the terms value around pretty easily these days. The days of the of the four dollar twenty two page comic. I don't. I don't want to get in and make this a price debate on on what comics should or shouldn't cost. But Savage Dragon one fifty is a hundred pages, no ads, and it was five ninety nine. And it's, it's terrific. It's there's some awesome stuff in here. They do there is a little bit of reprint material. It's from Savage Dragon Zero, which is right. um, the origin story. So there is a small, but it's incom- it's not that much of the book. So there is a little bit of reprint uh, material in there. There is a Daredevil story in here that is done in this awesome old Golden Age style, and I'm trying to see <laughs> who. Um, who drew it? It's from Daredevil number eighteen. God, this may be the original one. So okay, there's. I guess that's 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 reprint, but that's Golden Age reprint. But then the rest of it is just filled with uh, awesome Savage Dragon goodness. There, there's uh, some Chris Giarusso art that pops in. It's a uh, kind of a jam piece between Larson and Giarusso, who did the uh, the Mini Marvels and uh, G Man. But, but yeah, hundred pages. Six bucks, Savage Dragon. It's awesome. And David and Wood, have you seen the cover to this? No, I have not. I have not, no. What he did was, it's a tip of the hat to the DC 100 pagers. He <gasps> basic he basically aped the masthead with the two huge 100s with the with the vertical uh, the horizontal stripes. It, it looks mm-hmm. like it looks like a DC 100 pager book. So <gasps> uh, once again, Larson acknowledges the history of the medium while moving forward. And did you know that Savage Dragon 149 sold out at the retailer level? Yeah, that's so, awesome. so this increased frequency of the book is working well for him. And 148 was the free comic book day issue, right? Right. Yes. And there right. is a crossover of sorts with the Dynamite characters because, as Chris said, the Death-Defying Devil has been appearing in it for a couple issues now. Yeah, it's not a crossover, though. It's um, a mingling. Uh, a mingling of public domain characters. I don't think right. that this Death Defying Devil has much to do with the one in the Dynamite series. It's just that they're right. both. It, it's it's public domain, so they both can use it. Right. And so, but it will attract the attention of those buying either one at the yeah, exclusion of the, the other. So sure, yeah. Sure. yeah, and there's a bacon wrap mummy cartoon on the back. <laughs> <laughs> Value for your dollar. It works.
Hey there, 11 o'clock comic gurus, and Vince, David, Chris, and Wood. I'm back. The legendary Raph Radia. The... Oh, I said legend. Um, well, the legend that will stand across time. Um, I have taken a leave of absence from comics podcasting and forming because when you work at a comic book store and you do all that stuff together, it, it, you know. (sighs) Anyway, I have returned to bring to you my opinions. Okay, so, um, New Krypton, it ended pretty well. I think it's interesting that there's a world without Superman. Uh, you know, I thought it would completely suck. You know, action Superman without Superman, but so far it's not as bad as uh, I thought it'd be. Uh, it's 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 not like the best comics I've ever written or I've ever written. Of course, I'm better than everyone else. It's not the best comics I've ever seen. Um, they're steady. They're not, and they're you know they're just uh, they're good, but they're not amazing. I like it. I'm a Superman fan. Whatever. I'm supposed to like it. All right. Uh, you know, World of New Krypton. I think is the best Superman title out there right now. And uh, yeah. Uh, okay, I'm not really reading any Dark Rain because, um, well, I am reading Dark Rain, but I've, I'm choosing my titles. I, I'm not gonna read every single Dark Rain book because I don't believe in doing that anymore. I only read characters I like, and uh, yeah, I think Dark Rain is making uh, nice progress. I mean, I'm pleasantly surprised at what they're doing. Uh, is it groundbreaking? No, but it's something. It's interesting. Thanks, Tweet Deck. Um, and. Uh, <laughs> I think, you know, I, I'm a little more open-minded than I was uh, even a few months ago, you know, where... Just because I'm i more of a DC fan than a Marvel fan, I think, but I do love Marvel, but it seems that sometimes when I say I like DC, people think it's at the expense of Marvel. DC rules, Marvel sucks. And, you know, since most people are Marvel fans, they go Marvel rules, DC sucks. So I don't appreciate... It's hard to get into that without, you know, sounding like you're pro one and not an anti the other. But yeah, I, I do enjoy both companies, and they're both doing a pretty good job right now, although everyone seems to want the Dio's head. I don't know why. I mean, I talk to the guy when he ever comes in. He's a nice guy. He's a nice guy. All right, and uh, I'll, you know, my last point will be about Green Lantern, The Blackest Night. I think it's going to be awesome this summer. Uh, of course, I will report in. Hopefully, I may even be on an episode before Blackest Night happens, or else I'll have to become a Black Lantern and sort of, you know, take over the show um but i will say one thing with the current agent orange storyline if you're reading it don't those uh, orange lanterns remind you of the seagulls from finding nemo you know the guys that go mine 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 that was just an excuse to do that mine 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 all right i i guess that wraps up oh and jeff johns is a god the Raph Radio is evidence of that. So is it manga time? Can I talk a little bit of manga? I need to go get a beer. It's atypical manga. You'll like it. It's atypical or atypical? It's atypical. No, one word. Atypical. Okay. And First, this let me will... stop you. Is, is this a manga that you think uh, I would like before you get into it? Do you like body humor? Of course. How about a comedy of errors where a person gets thrust into situations based on his double life? It's kind of like 
Three's Company in a way, how Jack was trying to make Mr. Roper think he was gay, but obviously he wasn't, and got into a bunch of different very funny situations because of his secret life. Okay. That's what this book is about in a nutshell. It's called Detroit Metal City, hence my feeble attempt at the metal cookie monster voice in the beginning of the episode. It's by Kiminori Wakasugi. There's a tongue Isn't twister. I- it is the tale of a 23-year-old named Soichi Nagishi, who, by day, is a fey, socially awkward, soft-spoken, mousy musician's mama's boy, whose so dream... Feeble. Very feeble. And they, ca- they call him a gobo. So I think our buddy on the forum should really think about uh, changing his screen name, because a gobo, according to this book is a word used to signify a diminutive man. Sure, and just I don't like think I don't rock. think I don't I don't think our gobo is uh that diminutive. He's kind of burly. So, but so so this guy is very introverted and his dream is to write syrupy sweet Swedish pop songs. He goes okay. into various public places with an acoustic guitar and sings songs like one he wrote called Raspberry Kiss and I'm going to give you a couple of uh, lines from this thing will give you diabetes if you're not careful. <laughs> uh, got your voicemail the other day. We'll hit the foamy seas on our way. We'll bring out matching boat shirts and frolic on the beach. Okay, not the most manly of of music, but the guy. Hold on a second. Gu- I need to. Uh, I need to give myself an insulin shot. Hold on. There you go. But the guy leads a double life. In addition to this, by night. He transforms into the costumed Krauser II, the demonic lead guitarist and vocalist for the eponymous metal band, a Japanese death metal band. And he looks like a cross between Gene Simmons with the kabuki makeup, King Diamond, and a little bit of venom thrown in for good measure. And he, he literally, on his forehead, has the Japanese kanji for kill inscribed on his, on his head. And the songs that this dude sings... I shall rape all women. Spread them wide, you sows. It's a rape fest here. I am the lord of hell. I shall make slaves of all you cows to fuck whenever I want. Cut you, rape you. I am the lord of hell. So you got this this comedy of errors based on this guy's dual nature. And the entire book is this character being put in ridiculous situations based on his double life. In the beginning, he's on the bus writing and his band was pressuring him to write a new song for them because the, the their old material is getting kind of played out so they're like dude you got to write another song so he's on the bus writing this song about raping and defiling and torturing women and this woman next to him thinks that he was groping her i guess somebody bumped into her and and she thinks that he he grabbed her ass but he didn't he would never do that it's not the character type and and he has to explain to the policeman that he didn't do it meanwhile he's holding a notepad with all this foul misogynistic lyrics on it he he's in the park performing his swedish pop songs and a bunch of dmc fans literally accost him call him they question his his manhood and they, they try and convince him that dmc is the way to go and and they're cool and and he's like i can do that and he gets so enveloped in his portrayal of essentially himself that he starts screaming obscenities in the middle of the park and he he calls this girl he's been attracted to for years but never had the the gumption to tell her he calls her 
the C word because he's so into that character, basically himself. So yeah, it's it's just these ridiculous situations after another. The juxtaposition of text and pictures is really funny. He imagines his mother talking to him on the set of their music video. And, um, you know, she's, he imagines her saying, you are always good with children. And there's a scene of him draped in burning babies on the set of the, the video. So it's like this, it's, it's very funny. I guess you would have to see it because you guys aren't signing too hot on it. it oh. It's, it's, it's really very hard f- when you talk about these things. I mean, we've not read it. So I, I, it's, I mean, other, I can't do anything but listen because I don't. I, I mean, I'm just trying to take it all in. Uh, it's it's ridiculous, but that's yeah. where the humor comes from. It's it's absurd that this dude would take on a persona completely different from his goal in life and keep perpetuating these lies. He goes to a karaoke bar, and what do you know? One of the DMC songs pops up on the karaoke machine, and his buddies push him into trying it out he doesn't want to but once he gets going he's screaming the c-word in a karaoke bar and this girl that he's hot on is just disgusted in him and it's it's a it's nuts and the the art style would it's it's almost like neo-primitive type uh there's there's no um i have no earthly idea what neo-primitive art means it's pretty much matter of fact chris raises his hand no it's it's intentionally no it's an intentionally primitive style where at first glance you would think man this this guy does not draw very well but once Uh you become immersed in it you you notice that it's intentional it's it's very by the numbers all of the the characters are rendered very matter-of-factly there's no flourish to it it's all you know this is a human being there's no stylistic quirks to the line it's it's a very simple very clean line but in on his stage life it's very gritty and rough and he pushes the the ick factor on it so yeah it it pushes the duality of the character really because the art style kind of changes a bit with his personality so yeah it's really well done and it's shrink wrapped because obviously the language is really brutal in right. it. i mean he has a manager a female manager who literally ejaculates to their performances <laughs> they, they they get her so wet that She's a based, squirter, huh? yeah based on the brutality and the foulness of his performance the, the wetter she gets he tried to to inject a little bit of his swedish pop ambitions into the group and she literally kicked him in the balls and punched him in the face and said if nice. you ever sing that again i will kill you so it's, wet. yeah it's a really cool really fun book and they give you tattoos Based How many on, volumes are we talking here? Oh, I have no idea. I don't know. I have no idea. It's a Vig, Viz signature title for twelve ninety nine. I used the coupon at Borders, got it for eight bucks, which I think is what it's worth. And there's a page with tattoos, so you can metal yourself out, put them on your 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 forearm or your bicep, and look all hot and impressed. Rock out, the cock out. Exactly. That's probably one of the band's lyrics, based on <laughs> this first volume. So it's good stuff. DMC, read it. I bet Bam. you even Chris would like it. Because it's it's foul. Mm, we'll see. I'm I don't know, I'm kind of prudish. Oh you yeah, are not <laughs> big time. Definitely. We're gonna do some uh, cloistered. More questions this week. I do have some listener email that I wanted to get to very mm-hmm. quickly. Yeah, this is from Nat Ensley. He says I've been listening listening from the very beginning and have loved every minute of your show. You guys oh, are the rat. Every pack. minute. He's lying. Well, he calls us the the Rat Pack of comic book podcasting. Pretty much, I'm Sammy. Uh, 
in reference, <laughs> yeah, <that's true. laughs> in reference hey, to one Jewish? of you, he was and very sexy. In reference to one of your recent episodes where mobile digital comics were being discussed, I emailed Marvel Support asking them if any applications were being developed for the iPhone or the iPod Touch so I could read comics from Marvel Digital anywhere. And this was their response. Thank you for contacting Marvel Entertainment Incorporated's <laughs> online support services. Thank you for your devotion, true believer. We can't discuss our future business plans, but of course, comma, we want you to be able to read Marvel Digital Comics as much as possible. We may have some very exciting news for you shortly, followed by the world's longest ellipsis I've ever seen. There must be like 15 or 16 periods in that thing. So maybe they're planning something. According to Mr. Ensley's res response, they are. Yeah, yeah, that is I mean, that. I, that I is very. I guess I'm not surprised, but no, I mean, and I would think, I mean, just based on what we've seen online and and via social networks, and and just who do you guys think is more plugged in, Marvel or DC, between the oh, big two? Without question, Marvel. Yeah, for in terms of you mean in terms of digital, David? Yeah, just I mean, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah tech yeah. wise, and and yeah, digital. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, it's also t here's the thing though about that, and I, I would say yes, my my answer st stands Marvel, but it's also difficult because we have to remember one thing: for good or for bad, DC is a different beast. I know we like to to, to par make them parallels to one another because of their places in the industry, but DC is a tiny division of a massive media conglomerate. Mm -hmm. They are treated as such. You cannot. I've been on many a Time Warner earnings conference call. I've seen Time Warner executives present. You could not get them to answer one question about DC Comics if you asked it because it's literally a rounding error for them. Now, the characters and the entire thing aren't irrelevant to them, but it's such a small portion of their business that they don't break it out in their disclosures. Right. It's it's not to say that DC is second-class citizens there, but it's a small division. In other words, uh, Levitz is a executive, but he is not a senior executive of his company. He is, you know, in charge of DC Comics, which is in, in and of itself a big organization. But so, you know, they don't they're, they're also, as we know, DiDio, as we like to talk about, is not in charge of a lot of things that Casada has to purview over. DiDio has no say over the collected edition policies. What gets what gets collected, when it gets collected, how it gets collected, what it's priced. Casada has Vertigo. say in that. Vertigo. Vertigo. Exactly. Karen answers to Levitz directly. She isn't equal to DiDio. A lot of people don't understand that. So right. I guess my point is, is that DC may, in fact, have a lot of things going on in terms of mobile and digital and we wouldn't know it likely until they just drop it on us because the deal probably isn't even w able to speak to it whereas with marvel as a public company they're spending 15 million dollars on digital in the next three years that's a significant expense and so they have to tell us about it now they're not telling us what they're spending the 15 million on directly they're saying it's going in a lot of different avenues including the website including the digital comics universe that we we, ha we see now, but other things as well. So I guess what I'm saying is I agree with you. It certainly seems like Marvel's way ahead of the pack in that regard, but I don't know if it's totally fair to say that because I think DC probably, by design, has to keep things under wraps longer. Well, I think that we're all smart enough to understand that, that no publisher is going to be the answer to digital delivery. It's going to have to be someone Longbox, baby. out. Yeah, yeah. Longbox or something like Longbox. It's like we saw it in music, and I think it's going to follow a very similar path. Every, what, just about every music label tried to figure out how they were going to be able to distribute just their music digitally. Every one of them failed, and the Marvel digital online stuff 
is cool, but it's not a long-term answer. Because it's not very portable. That's what you right. need, right. portable. Very, yeah. But it's, yeah. it's, it's not portable. Right. There, there's and, nothing portable about it. And I don't remember who it was specifically. It could have been DiDio, but I don't want to put words in his mouth. But somewhere along the lines in the past couple of years, he was asked the question, does DC have any plans to produce digital comics and the answer was along the lines of when pigs fly. David, do you remember reading something uh, in that respect? Yeah. And right. See- well, and again, DiDio is also the guy that, that tells anyone that wants to listen that it's his job to get people to go to the comic store every week and buy periodical comics, floppies, monthlies, whatever you want to call them. That's his job. His job is to create buzz and get people to buy comic book pamphlets. It's not his job to get you to buy the trade. It's not his job to get you to buy Vertigo. It's not his job to promote the movies. His job and what he gets paid for and what his bonus is based on is if we go and order the books that are numbered that we've been buying for the last 30 years. Well, his his job is to excite the comic book retailers to buy his books to True. get people into the shop. And if he comes out and says, hey, yeah, we're going to basically do something that will hurt the bottom line of our primary customers, which is not you. You are not our primary customers. The local comic book shops are our primary customers because that's who actually orders our books. So if he comes out and says, "Yeah, we're going to we're going to start looking at digital comics," yeah, that's 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 not a good thing for him to do to his primary customers. Hey, this is Jack. Tonight I'm drinking Captain and Coke, and this week's book is Invincible. Brutal. Well, I guess Marvel is ju- just has the luxury of being able to invest this much in digital because they own the lion's share of the marketplace. So basically, yeah, they exactly. can they can do whatever the hell they want. So, you know, it, we were talking about this on uh, through some PMs. I think a great example of why digital comics. Um, have a a needed place in the industry. Chew, a book that we've been talking about for mm-hmm. a couple of weeks now, sold out. There are copies going on eBay for fifty bucks. Everyone is talking about this book. Can't get a hold of it. Hard to find. You don't run out of digital copies. Very you know, true. They, Very true. They could have been Number- selling dollar digital copies of that book like they're going out of style for the last two weeks but no they're limited to what their print run was and now all of those copies that are going for 50 bucks on ebay it's not uh it's not the creators that are making making that money number two came out today and from what i've heard the reprint of number one did not interesting so maybe oh, really? maybe next week so, yeah Vince, was that the only question he had or do you have other voicemails i mean i have one more i have one more email This is from uh, someone in my neck of the woods, Howard Seaton. He's from Pennsylvania. He says, I'm just sending an email your your way to tell you how much I enjoy your podcast. I'm a 40-year-old male, surprise, who has recently (laughs) come, come back into comics and your podcast, along with a few others, I have been listening to quite regularly. I want to give you guys kudos for talking about the price of comic books. Wow, you're one of the rare ones then. (laughs) I was going to say. You're welcome, welcome, buddy. After being away for all these years, it blew my mind when I walked into the local comic shop and saw the prices. How the hell are kids supposed to afford these things? There we go. That's right. He's picked up a couple mainstream comics, but honestly, I find the indie stuff far more interesting. Scott Pilgrim blew my mind, and I keep going back and rereading it. 
One last thing, Vince. Could you recommend a few good manga series for me? I'm not <laughs> real big on the horror genre, but anything else would be great. Well, there Thanks you go, for Vince. The great, you already take care of that. That's right. Thanks for the great work, and keep rambling. That's when I love your podcast the most, when you guys just go off on wild tangents. Howard <laughs> Seaton in PA. I can recommend a, a crapload of manga. There, there's a bazillion. My advice to you is... Go into your local borders and just browse the manga racks or shelves and just see what art style appeals to you the most because in for a penny, in for a pound with manga, you best pick something that appeals to your visual senses because if you like the art, you probably will like the story and you're going to be in for a boatload of expense. So make or you sure could that. Start with the top and buy Akira. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Is all, is all that currently in print, though? Yeah, I, I mean, I have them. So okay, yeah. yeah. Akira is great. Ghost in the Shell for wacky Philip K. Dickian sci-fi, but you need to experience firsthand. The, there's various artistic styles, and there are as many target audiences too. So just mm -hmm. go in and see what you like, and then once you find something that appeals to you visually, dive in. You got any questions for us there, Wood? There are a lot of questions. Let's uh, let, uh, let's see here. Okay, Vince, Mister Y, Mister Y wants to know that uh, Zenith is the best thing Grant Morrison has ever written, and if you disagree, tell him why. Wow, I only have the first issue of Zenith. I have I've never read the whole thing. Okay, I think it was either it was put out in reprint by either Quality Fleetway. Or um, Eagle, one of those two. The, the the companies that were importing all the British stuff, maybe early '90s, late '80s. They they Eagle had Judge Dredd and ABC Warriors, and I was big uh, um, Nemesis the Warlock. I was really invested in those comics because they're all great. But for some reason, the local comic shop only received the first issue maybe because of sales were low i don't know but never got anything after that and i never made a point of tracking down all those issues i do believe it was an anthology with morrison zenith and there was maybe one or two other stories in the in the book so i can't speak on the the series with any kind of authority because i've only read the first issue okay go to eon one seven one three uh, he asks us two things. One, <laughs> uh, uh, have you ever thought about doing 11 o'clock comics as a video podcast? Hell no. Uh, and uh, I think we all can safely say no. Uh, number one, it's actually much more complicated to do a video podcast and, uh, and not, not, like and nobody wants to see any of us. Uh, we all live in different places. Uh, so if we were going to, it'd be pretty hard to do that with, and have it, you know, it just be very hard to pull off. Much less when although we're the prettiest four guys in the world. <laughs> so, <laughs> whereas our voices are melodious, so I think that. <laughs> they am uh, skipping. Uh, and uh, number two, uh, what are our? He wants to know what our day jobs are. So, oh, I guess people probably know from the, our. Uh, we've talked about this before, but I'm a, I'm a portfolio manager, so I'm one of those evil stock market guys. I am an illustrator. I uh, I. I computer tech. I uh, set up hardware, software, installs, troubleshoot. Uh, used to answer help desk, but not anymore. But uh, yeah, I just uh, play around with computers all day. You have the fun job. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. 
<laughs> I'm an art director for a manufacturing company. So I make catalogs and stuff. Sweet catalogs. Use the adjective yeah. because yeah, they're, they are. They're Sorry. nice. You, Chris. Chris is the dude that hires the the photographer for thirty thousand dollars to come in and take photographs. Oh, that is <laughs> also right. Of hot chicks in exercise outfits. Not, not quite. We, we do we do get a, a couple uh, a couple sweet looking baddies to to come through. So nice. Can you schedule a photo shoot for uh, Thursday, <laughs> September? Whatever day. Seventeenth. I'm gonna be busy. <laughs> all right, all right. Uh, can we have time for one more, Vince? I'm sure. All right. This is from our boy Nemesis Enforcer. Uh, okay. Two questions. Uh, first one: If you were, t- if if I wow, it must be, uh, I didn't know Nemesis Enforcer was rolling like this, but he said if I were to give each of you two hundred and ten million dollars, so uh, he must be a billionaire. Nice uh, to adapt two comic books into movies, one using five to ten million for a small budget indie type. And the remaining two hundred million for a big blockbuster. Which comics would you adapt? And he gives his answers. Small budget, he would do Essex County Volume One, Tales from the Farm, by our boy Jeff Lemire. Props. And Jeff recently joined Twitter. For those of you who mm-hmm. uh, Twitter, and I guess while we're talking about that, we can all be found on Twitter as well. C Neesman for Chris, Vince Bond B O N for Vince, David A Price for David, and Wood eighty three for me. Uh, and then his big budget blockbuster would be Fear Agent. So he's clearly playing to his audience here because he's got two books that we all love. Very cool. uh, <laughs> does anyone want to go first on this one? I haven't given this much thought. Uh, Mage for the small budget. Okay. Once again, uh, glad I'm sitting down. You should be, dude. I know you're surprised, right? I'm nothing if not predictable. Uh, and uh, Green Lantern for the big budget. Oh, yeah. Nice. You'd need it. Yeah, that's why. Okay. Yeah, I'll go. Um, uh, shout out to my uh, my uh, Chicago brethren, um, "Clumsy" by Jeffrey Brown. I think mm. would be a, a a very uh, a very nice um, independent movie. I think it would be um, very cute and um, a big budget. Definitely, Elephant Man. Oh yeah! Wow, nice. nice, good answer. That's awesome. That's pretty cool. In the same vein, this is another surprise. I am so boring when it comes to this shit. Big budget, I would either do Fables or Commandy because it needs to be made into a movie. They whetted our appetite with the episode of The Brave and the Bold, and now I want to see a live-action Commandy movie. It's possible now. It's in within the realm of possibility. Yeah, but that could be your little art film. I mean, I you know, it doesn't say, take that yeah. much no. money to do like a, three, a three-eyed fish. I do have an art film, though. And I would love to see this done completely CGI, whether cell shading or traditional uh, Wally type CGI. I would love to see Godland made into a movie. That could be a small budget movie because it, you know, see, if you just wow. have if you just have voice acting. Man, I think that's your big budget movie. Well, that's yeah, what Godland, I'm thinking. Godland I'm thinking those are reversed for small budget indie. I would uh, do Criminal. Brubaker's Criminal. Nice. I mean, any one of them would be great, any one of his arcs, but uh, probably Loveless if I was going to start with one. But uh, and then Lawless. Big, but, lo, lo, isn't it Loveless? No. Yeah. Lawless? That's a, that's Lawless. a Vertigo Lawless. series. Lawless, yeah. yeah. That's, that's, that's right. Ezreal Low. Western. Uh, big budget. Oof. I mean, Fables was what I was originally coming to mind, but Vince took that one. So I got, let's I got one for you. What? Astro yeah. City. 
I haven't read it. Uh, <laughs> oh, again, he lets the cat out of the bag. Uh, uh, oh, I mean, there's a lot of Astro City. I mean, you can't. I mean, you can't uh, have I, read it all. Uh, you, know, uh, I'll, you need to I'll fix that shit. Read it all. Read Eddie. Read it all. I'll, I'll step on wood have... here. Um, top ten oh. would be cool. Oh, that would be. Oh, great. yeah, that's true. Yeah. Actually, though, I'd say uh, I, I'd keeping with our with our boy Alan Moore. I would love to see Tom Strong made into a nice. How about yeah, this? I would love to creep in on David Lynch when he wasn't looking and slide a copy of Snakes and Ladders in front of him. Can you imagine Snakes and Ladders being made by David Lynch? No. I could if I had read it, but <laughs> what do you mean? No, you don't like David Lynch? No, I said I could if I had read it. I no, no, Chris. Oh. oh, I can't imagine Snakes and Ladders being. Adapted to film, it's it's. Uh, Lynch could do it. Yeah, it's. You can do it. Yeah, you can do it. Yeah, <laughs> I don't. I, I I like snakes and ladders, but it's. I mean, it, it's, it's almost impenetrable in points for me, anyway. Oh, it makes perfect sense, dude. I'll explain it to you when I come out. Okay. <laughs> okay. I got the CD. I listen. I listen to Alan Moore tell me what it's about. I love his voice, don't you? Oh, it's awesome. That CD's awesome. Talk about just, just, soothing voice. Oh. Alan Moore has an incredibly yeah. soothing voice. Jason. <laughs> wait, wait. Okay. <laughs> Wait, well, I was. Uh, what was that? You want me to? You start with the second question? Is that what yeah, we're doing here? That'd be nice. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. So, uh, Nemesis Enforcer, second question. Then we can wrap up. Uh, if you weren't all doing a comic book podcast and you didn't have this hobby, what would you be doing a podcast about? Which, of course, assumes we would do a podcast. And what else consumes your time outside of comics? So, uh, it's actually a, a, a forum thread that's not similar to this going on right now. Where I was called slight and light voiced, but uh, <laughs> uh, ah, let it go. Yeah, I gotta let it go. <laughs> let it just spooky. I still love you, spooky. Um, well, as as people, a lot of people know. In fact, Nemesis Enforcer is a subscriber of. Uh, I'm involved with uh, Football Guys, which is a uh, popular fantasy football website, and uh, we have a a podcast that's hosted by two of my buddies uh, that I appear on from time to time. So I, I certainly would, would probably do that more often because. I just don't have the time to uh, ever guest on it these days because we do this, and I, I like doing this a lot more. So um, so I guess that's my answer. Aw. That is. I would do a podcast on music. Big surprise. Mm-hmm. That'd be cool. I'd, uh, I'd probably be... Yeah, there you go. <laughs> I knew that was coming. Chris, baseball. <laughs> I'd, uh, I'd probably be sitting watching uh, old movies with my wife. Oh, You love your wife. That's really nice. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. I just didn't mean, watch old movies with your wife in, so don't worry. Oh, that's okay. You could. She she demands food every once in a while. I, I don't understand it. <laughs> Let's keep the inappropriate wife comments. We had enough of those on the uh, message board this week. Yep. Cross, so, crossed the line, did I? <laughs> no, did. no. Only giving you shit. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. I was like... Yeah. <laughs> 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 She does have a nice okay, back. Guess I'm what sorry. I'm doing after we record tonight. <laughs> uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Applying the lotion. Uh, so thank you very much for being with us once again. 
As always, this episode has been sponsored by Discount Comic Book Service, DCBService.com. Sick of paying full price for your books? Hop on over there, check out the Wumba discounts, and you will never look back. I like Wumba. It works. Zach likes Wumba. If it's good enough for Zach, it's good enough for me. There you go. Check out DCBService.com. Extraordinary discounts, excellent service, secure packing right to your door. What more can you ask for? That's right. I'm a packer. And what more can you ask for? So, in your travels... You're an alpaca. (laughs) (laughs) If you're looking for something to add to your pull list or pick up the next time you're in the comic book store, I know I said I wasn't going to buy it, but I buckled and I bought it, and I'm glad I did. Sinister Spider-Man, number one, drawn by Chris Bacalo. There's half-naked women in it. Thank you, Yes, beautiful panel layouts, dynamic storytelling, written by, let's see if Chris... Brian Reed. Brian Reed. Oh, sorry, sorry. I didn't. There you go. So get that. It's a three ninety nine book, but there's only like four of them, so it won't cost you a lot. Go out and get it. Okay. Read, uh, read, read, read X Factor. Cliffhanger at the end of every issue and letters column returns next month. Uh, read NASCAR Heroes. Stir <laughs> <laughs> the pot, man. Uh, uh, an oldie but a uh, an oldie but a goodie, and a little promo for uh, oh. for, a- for AC coming up this week. Read uh, Agents of Atlas or Mysterious the Unfathomable or Underground, and uh, listen to uh, AC on Monday because we're talking to Jeff Parker. Nice, Wait, nice. Now you can read a Harvey recommended, uh, Harvey nominated comic because Queen and Country was nominated. So yeah, congrats so to Greg Rucka, mm-hmm. Mike Norton, Chris Somney. Who else worked yeah. on that? Yeah, on that another, another one of those head scratchers. Like, what the hell? <laughs> what? <laughs> Why would Green <laughs> Country be nominated? Uh, uh, bitch, uh, don't go there with me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just poking the bear. That's all I'm doing. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, that would have been uh, Mike and Chris and um, God, who else? You can't go and read it right now, but you damn sure should pre-order it. Read Sweet Tooth. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Jeff Lemire's new ongoing book, which is uh, in, in previews this month. Right. Yeah. And you can see yeah. previews of uh, Sweet Tooth pages in, what was it, last month's or this month's Vertigo books? Last month's. And, last and, month's. On, and on Jeff's yeah. blog. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, Steve Rolston was in Queen of I know Country, volume, okay. the, the uh, third volume of the Definitive Edition as well. Cool. So. All right, that's it, people. We we had a good time. Say bye bye. This was bye bye. Thanks, guys. Bye, everybody. And happy Fourth of July, everybody. Happy Canada yeah. Day. Yeah. Ah, oh, yeah. Come on. Never Canada, forget. Canada, Canada, Canadians never forget. Are, are people too.